Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey y'all, we've made it. We're at the end of the year and we're moving into 2023. So this is our special year in review episode of Movie Time. Blake and I, we go over our best and worst films of the year and we talk about our most anticipated movies going into 2023. So what made our list? Stay tuned and find out. So you know what to do. Sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack. It's about that time for Movie Time coming at you now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the last Movie Time podcast of 2022 and forever. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going anywhere. You can't get rid of us that easily. Oh, God. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to to frighten you there. Yeah, that I was a joke. my only job in the world. <laughs> I'm but, really banking on this, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. You and me both. But as we close out the year, as we like to do, or, well, we haven't been around that long, but like what we like to have done last year, we're doing it again this year, and we're recapping all of 2022 and putting together our best and worst list to share with all of you. So really excited to talk about this, but you got Renee, Loki Geek here, and Blake, the wolf. What's going on, dude? What's up, Renee? Back for the first time again, baby. We're doing That's this. Right. We've done we've done the the recaps before. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. doing these with you. Look back. Mm-hmm. You tell me your faves. I tell you my faves. I find some some movies that you were really into that you recommend that I'm then disappointed by later on. But to quote the song, should old acquaintance be forgot, or in this case, should old movies be forgotten? No, absolutely not. We're gonna no. remember them at least one last time, exactly. including worst movies of the year which is uh, a part that i'm ex- really excited to get juicy about no definitely and i think one of the great things about doing this type of episode is getting a chance to like recap everything that you've ingested throughout the year and you realize either wow i watched a lot of shit or <laughs> wow i watched a lot of bad shit right so it could be like, <laughs> like, like one or the other um, but yeah, like I said, we're excited to share these lists with all of you and also curious to hear what your lists are going to be looking like. So definitely as we're going through our list, share your thoughts and comments in the comments section. We definitely want to hear if you agree with what we are talking about or if you want, if we maybe miss something that you want to add along to and let us know your thoughts about all that. But before we get into it all, let's go through the usual spiel like we do every week. Feel me, baby. Spiel time. So if you haven't seen us before and you happen to come across this video for the very first time, we are the Movie Time podcast where two buds get together every week and we talk about movies and give reviews and thoughts and insights and deep discussions or just bullshit about it all and pretend like what we know what we're talking about. Um, If you haven't done so already, you like this and you want to see more of this stuff. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that notification bell so you get notified every time a new video is uploaded. If you are an audio listener and you want a podcast version of this, type in Loki Geek on your podcast platform of choice where you could find this episode and many others to download. 
for those of you returning, thank you so much for joining us and for being with us possibly throughout the whole year. We really definitely appreciate it. And for your audio listeners, thank you so much for listening as well and tuning in whenever new episodes are up there for your listening pleasure. So before we get into our list, like what we always usually like to do, it's like catch up time. So obviously big holiday weekend, great time, as we mentioned last week, to catch up on some movies and all that. Blake. Did you have a chance to catch up on any movies on your end that you wanted to briefly talk about? You're ding ding dong right, I did. Um, the main one was because <laughs> I was looking for this episode and going through movies that I'd missed and was realizing mm-hmm. I didn't see Turning Red at any point. It was, one oh. of those, I was like, okay, I'm going to see that, I'm going to see that. And then finally got around to it uh, this yeah. week uh, during during some time off and absolutely adored it. What a, nice. I think Pixar knows what they're doing over there. Yeah. Lovely, lovely movie. I see now why so many people were so hyped about it. Um, so it's fresh on my mind, but that that was one that I kind of fell in love with that a lot of people already, and, and I get it now. And the other one, which uh, you touched on last week, was uh, I saw Glass Onion, the Ooh. Knives Out sequel film. Yes. And? I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I I loved the first one. I was very yeah. pleasantly surprised by the first one. Yeah. So this one kind of had what I'm going to call the Avatar two problem, where if you really threw my expectations off last time, because I was going, mm. oh, people are saying this is pretty good, and then loving it. Mm. Um, this it's going to be hard to top that when I'm going in with expectations that I'm going to love it. That said, this one was different enough. Yeah. Loved that about it. We're not going to do any spoilers here. Don't worry, because it is a murder mystery. But yeah, Janelle Monet, damn. I told you. I, you were yep. right. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were dead right. That's because we've seen her act before. I've yep. seen her perform. Uh, her music's incredible. This was just a more dynamic role than she's been asked to play Absolutely. in a lot of her other performances. Um, that was fun. That to me was price of admission alone. Daniel mm-hmm. Craig, price of admission alone. Everything else is just icing on the cake. Also, we're playing with house money when we get Edward Norton back. After yep. he hasn't done much in years since what Motherless Brooklyn, um, seeing Dave Bautista in a real movie is fun. Uh-huh. That, that was nice. There's a few. There's a few um, casting choices, but overall, just like the script was impressively good, and it's really difficult on a murder mystery, which yeah. Um, we're going to get to our worst movies of the year later, but there was a certain murder mystery this year that is on just about everybody's worst movies of the year list. It is difficult though when people go. It's like the in night shine Milan problem where mm-hmm. if you go into expecting a twist, yep. then it's going to be very difficult to surprise people or, or beat their expectations. This one worked, and I think part of it is they changed the formula up enough and yep. yet stayed true to what worked on the first one, which is you know as we know and we'll get to with some of these movies difficult mm-hmm. to do. So yeah, uh, very pleasantly surprised. Thank you for for so highly pushing it to the top of my list with that that strong recommendation. No, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it, and, and yeah, like I like I mentioned last week, it, it definitely it like I like you said, they did enough to change it up a little bit. It was uh not your very typical murder mystery type of movie because they did have a lot of new interesting twists there. Some things were a little bit, you know, common and predictable to a certain point, but I think there was they did enough, like you said, to make it fresh and make it different, and I think it just. Again, I, I I can't say this enough. Ryan Johnson has just done a good job at 
directing ensemble casts and yep. doing a movie like this, this being his second murder mystery movie. Um, I think he's really carved out a perfect niche for himself. And I don't know if you read the news. Um, he's actually very upset that they put Knives Out mystery in the title of the movie. He just wanted huh. to keep it as glass, glass onion and that's it. Interesting. Yeah. He's very upset. Like, yeah, he's pissed off apparently. Yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, I mean, it's just it feels like some pretty good marketing strategy. Sure. So many people love Knives Out. It's like a big, mm-hmm. it's like a, it was a mom movie from my experience where all my friends took their moms to go see it. In oh, really? Like around the holidays and like moms love murder mysteries. That's like, awesome. Love Agatha Christie. Yeah, uh, it was definitely like my mom was like amazing. Like she was floored by their first, and then I told her that this one out. She was like, "Really on Netflix mm-hmm. now?" Um, so I think it's good marketing, especially like um, uh, if you're trying to get people on your streaming service and especially depending on the crowd. But if you're if they're not too familiar with how to navigate the streaming services mm-hmm. to be like, this is a Knives Out movie. If right. you like that, watch this. Like, I don't know. But it's interesting. I wonder why. Do you not? Are you not counting Brick? The, the first what I think it was the first Ryan Johnson movie as a murder mystery. I don't think it was just a crime thriller. It does, yeah, I haven't seen for that me, one in a minute, but I, for I me, love that, that movie. No, that was a great movie. And I, I think I do kind of consider it more as like a crime thriller-ish movie. Not so much of like a, was a murder. It wasn't so much of, of like, yeah, it wasn't so much like a whodunit. Like this, like, you know, okay. like these two movies are like whodunit type right, of movies, right? right. right? the proper, right. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the only other thing I'll add to it, and, and then... Um, we'll leave knives out alone uh until we get to award season stuff or uh-huh. i guess maybe later in our list i don't know i don't know where it is on yours but um there's a lot of movies that try to take on the like current zeitgeisty political conversations mm-hmm. and it doesn't always work this one i feel like did a really good job of being taking a classic genre the whodunit putting it in modern day with modern technology and then doing some commentary on the Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs oh, yeah. kind of guy, like similar to what they're trying to do with the bad guy in Venom, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it didn't feel forced. And there's a moment where Daniel Craig is um, very much uh, insulting, but in his polite Southern gentlemanly way, that character. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see like anyone on that on this on a certain side of things would be like, yeah, that was a great you know, diss track um, oh, yeah. from, from Benoit Blanc. But it wasn't too over the nose. So I don't think it's going to push too many people away. And it was done cleverly and cr- uh, craftily enough that it, that's a difficult thing for movies to pull off is to make yeah. a commentary on current times. Uh, and this one, yeah, I felt like that was one of the things that was most successful because when I saw them mm-hmm. setting things up, I was going, okay, this is really modern even compared to the last one. Oh, Totally. They're yeah, they're making fun of uh, the 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 meninist YouTubers, Twitch streamer guys, and the influencer mm-hmm. people, and the tech industry geniuses, and all that stuff. And yeah, kind of, it, it, I felt like that was the, that they took that bet and then and it was successful. That that was an even more impressive uh, feat to me for that for that sequel. Yeah, like like again, not not to give too much spoilers, but I'll well I'll just give you this premise because that's basically how the movie starts anyway. 
I love how they played on the whole pandemic situation where yes, everyone is just too. so bored out of their minds and they're just looking yep. for something new. So, hey, let's create something outlandish. And, oh, it's our rich billionaire friend who's doing all this stuff. And, you know, so it's like something that gets them out of the mundaneness of staying at home and all that. But then you have those people who are having parties and lavish things at their homes during when they're not supposed to be doing all that stuff. So I loved how it played so nicely with that because it's something we can all relate to, right? And it's something that like a lot of us kind of like saw on the news or heard about, whatever the case is. So I loved how they played on that. And again, like you said, a nice little nod, wink at the camera, like especially with today's landscape with Elon Musk and all that and the eccentricity, how eccentric someone like that can be. Like they played so well on all that stuff. So yeah, I really appreciated the movie for that. Uh, especially to put it on a streamer with all the the pandemic of it all and opening up yeah. Benoit Blanc wearing the mask and then yeah it was nice that they got to do that um, and mm-hmm. and again like that's another thing that's hard to pull off so uh, sure. very successful considering a sequel to a surprisingly uh, lovely movie and mm-hmm. the subject matter and all that and whodunits are already difficult because of the genre it pulled all right. that off really well so shout out yeah. Ryan Johnson Get yeah out. no I'm, I'm again I'm glad you liked it um. As for me, so I, I decided to do something a little different this year for the holidays. Uh, instead of watching the usual holiday favorites of mine, I kind of went on a little journey to see if I could discover what a new holiday classic could be, mm. right? Because there's a lot of new movies that come out and all that. So I checked from out this two. This year, or you mean like from old ones that you'd missed before? From this year, because I okay. felt like every streaming platform put out a new holiday movie to kind of like make it their own or whatever the case is. Netflix has been doing it for many years already. Uh, But now you had people like HBO Max doing something. You had Apple Plus who did something as well. So I tried to check out one that a lot of people were talking about and one that not so many people were talking about. So I checked out, first I checked out on Apple Plus. I I did one of those like uh, trial subscriptions and I checked out uh, Spirited. Spirited is a new, I guess, retelling again of the usual Christmas Carol, whatever story um, with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. Christmas classic, maybe not so much. Okay. Um, also, how many times are you going to tell the same Charles Dickens story all over again, over and over again with putting on I mean, your own spin? a classic. Yeah, it's a wonderful life of it all. But okay, <laughs> right. Um, there was something there that I really enjoyed. I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it wasn't so much for all the singing, because it is a musical. And, what? And yeah, I don't know Why if you knew that musical? or not. I don't no. know if you knew that. Yes. <laughs> I started to watch it. I was like, actually, let me save this. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it it's is interesting. It is a musical, and it is so curious now. Yeah, I feel like now the director of this movie. I forgot what they did, um, but I feel like the director said, "Like you know what, musicals are hot now." You know, you had West Side Story that came out, Dear Evan Hansen, that well, you know, give or take, um, in the Heights and all that stuff. I'm gonna make a musical on a classic Christmas story and I'm going to include two of the funniest guys right now that are hot and that's Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds yeah 
And what could go wrong with two washed up has-beens who <laughs> um, were formerly box office uh, old and have just been doing weird streaming stuff and You're right yeah but like in the 2010s this is a great bet for sure yeah for sure yeah um but the moments that they shared the screen with no singing it was actually pretty good it was they had good chemistry together you know things were funny um but they really the the musical numbers were just way too too many and i felt like if you were like a theater kid and you're still like that theater person. I know you love theater, and I know you 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 go to play as often. No, no, yeah. I, I I'm looking at you because I'm talking to you. <laughs> but if you were like that really huge theater kid growing up, okay. this is probably like your best thing that you'll ever get to see because I felt like they probably hired three or four of these like really hardcore theater kids to do a lot of these musical numbers because a lot of them were very unique. And if they played out on stage, it probably would have been the coolest thing ever. But in a movie, it's just like, all right, you are trying too hard, I think. And um, yeah, it was just very, very, and I don't know, maybe I am the minority in thinking that, you know, this was a little bit too much. Um, but I, I think if the if if it was a little less singing and a little less like dance numbers and all that, I think the movie would have been much better, in my opinion. It's one of those things that's difficult to pull off because you have to be really sincere and put yourself out there when you're doing a yeah. musical number. And if mm -hmm. it falls flat, it falls really flat. Yeah. Um, how interesting. Uh, for the record, the the director did Daddy's Home. Uh, oh, Daddy's right. Home 2 and other classics such as Horrible Bosses 2. Oh, okay. So not the first one, just just the second what could one. Go wrong. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it helped write yeah. We're the Millers, Mr. Popper's Penguins, and Hot oh. Tub So if those are your favorite movies. This then is up your alley the then. 2022 Will Ferrell Brian yeah. Reynolds movie is you're gonna love it. Right up, right up your alley. Um mm -hmm. I, and it's interesting too because they did parody the musical genre within the movie too. So, like, there will be moments where they'll break into song, and then someone will say, "No, we don't need to sing right now about this." And, <laughs> and you know, so okay. that stuff okay. was funny. Like, I loved how they kind of played on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was it was definitely a, a huge swing when they when they put this movie together. This director mm -hmm. uh, was nominated for worst director at the at the Golden Raspberry Awards for 2012's "That's My Boy." The wow. Adam Sandler and Andy no Sandler. No way! Movie, yes. Um, that we're not going to even read the plot for because it's just no, 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 no. Wow! I, I didn't see that one. Now, uh, okay. Holy cow! So, I, I, yeah. The fact that you weren't hating it is actually pretty good for this director's track record. That's great. No, I, I, I didn't hate it. Okay. I didn't love it. You know, I'm just like, okay, I saw it. I don't need to ever see it again. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not adding that to my usual holiday rotation for sure. Okay. The second movie I saw was on HBO Max, and it is the proper sequel to A Christmas Story called A Christmas Story Christmas. Um, now, they did make a sequel to this movie a while ago, um, which takes place when Ralphie is like a teenager or whatever the case is, but they didn't use any of the original actors in it. 
So this one, they actually got the original Ralphie to come back. They got his <laughs> friends to come back and all that. Um, the mom, unfortunately, the actress, it, it, I think she passed away already. So they got someone else to fill in her shoes. Um, and basically, it was a movie that really, really, really tried to rely on nostalgia all throughout. If this movie was made maybe 15, 20 years ago, it would work. I think in our day and age now and our setting, our modern times, trying to make something as wholesome as the original Christmas story just doesn't work anymore. Um, at least not for like my generation, I think, or the younger generation. This really would probably do well if you had grandparents over and you wanted to watch this with them. I think this is a parent movie for sure. Like they would love this right. stuff. Um, for me, safe it was family movie, <clears throat> so when, safe when everyone's around the fireplace. So okay. safe. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, perfect. Yeah. If you had like a, a group, a family gathering and you just finished your Christmas dinner and you just want to have something that everyone can watch. Perfect movie to watch for sure. Um, but I think for the most part, it, they just tried to recapture too much of the stuff from the original that it fell flat a lot throughout. You know, so again, not something I would add to my holiday rotation. Right. But again, glad I saw it. Don't need to ever see it again. Um, and yeah, those are the movies I endured during the holiday weekend. Did you? Did you? See, you saw Violent Night, right? <laughs> I did. Yes. That one is that one on the because I saw that too. Really enjoyed. We didn't I, to I, discuss that one too much. Mm we didn't um because uh, i think you saw it as you came back from your trip and all right, that and we right. didn't you know i i liked it i did i liked it um it, i think what was it i i spoke to our mutual friend uh who it, like till this day will remain nameless but he knows yep. who he is out there he, he he puts it this way it's like all right since there's always that debate that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, why don't we just make a Die Hard Christmas movie? And I think that's what uh -huh. these people did. You know? really, and yeah, and it worked. And it worked. It really, yeah. really worked. I, yeah. I thought it was very successful. Yeah. If you're with your kids, trying to figure out what movie to play, and the grandparents are there, and everyone's around, you want a safe, family-friendly holiday movie, put on Violent Night, and you can't go wrong. Nothing <laughs> bad will happen, and the kids will oh, not no. go to bed oh, crying. Yeah. And screaming, why did they kill Santa Claus? No. Don't worry about that. I actually no. did it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was one of those, yeah. there was a lot of like the, oh, damn, moments in the theater. Sure. And uh, mm -hmm. uproarious laughter. There were applause yeah. at the end of the, of the movie in my theater. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And that's going on my rotation at this point. If it's like a certain holiday party vibe, um, it was a fun one. I, I need I need to see it again. I think, and I, uh, you know, again, maybe around this time next year, I'll give it a shot again. Um, always yeah, always next year. And I do like David Harbor. I think he did a great job in yes. this role. Um, yes. And he could now say he did a '90s type action movie because that's basically yeah. what it was. You know, so yeah. he had his one-liners, very Schwarzenegger like, you know, all throughout. So his little Christmas puns and all that. So yeah, it worked. It worked. This man's been famous in every decade but his own. So I'm really right. excited for him to, <laughs> to have a really good 2023 movie, maybe. We'll see. That's so funny, so but so true. You know, it's like 80s with Stranger <laughs> Things, 90s now with this movie. What's going to be next? Is he going to do something from the 70s? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. And uh, speaking of can't wait, I know you all can't wait to hear us talk about 
our best and worst movies of the year. And I think now is the perfect time for us to dive into all that. So what better way to start off our list than going through our worst or maybe we should say most disappointing movies of 2022? Because there have been quite a few this year uh, and going through my list and I'm sure you thought the same going through your list. I think you were kind of surprised at how much crappy stuff we saw this year. <laughs> we saw many movies, and that's the problem. Yeah, I know. I really love movies, and I love them so much that when I see a stinker, I'm just like, Damn it. yeah. I wanted to love you. Yeah. I'm disappointed now. And that's not a good feeling. Nobody wants that. No, no one, no one, no one's looking f- to go to a movie no. and expect a stinker. Not I mean, haters. come on. No. No, if you want to hate Nas podcast and YouTube show, this is not it. We're no. lovers. We love film, we love cinema. Yeah, but we want to celebrate cinema. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then these are the ones that made it harder to celebrate cinema because they just. <laughs> ugh. The worst feeling was going into an episode where you and I both hated moving. I was like, I just don't want to even. I, I like loving things. I'm a sweet boy. I'm <laughs> all, a nice all you, yeah, all you have to do is go back to the Netflix uh, episode that yeah, we did. That where was we so went. Sad. That was so <laughs> difficult. Where you're we having a we, really good day and you just want to see two people being bummed out who love something and then just watch it get spoiled by the most <laughs> successful streaming company. Uh, yeah. Watch that episode for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, net, you know, we did an episode where we just went through all the Netflix movies of the year so far to date this year, and oof. There's just a lot, a lot of stinkers. Yeah. And I think some of them even made our our worst disappointing list of the year so far. So I'll give one, since I already just mentioned it, uh, A Christmas Story Christmas that made my list. Because again, I think I was going into it really hoping it would capture that same magic as the original movie. You know, especially since, you know, at this point, Christmas is known for A Christmas Story. It's, It's shown... 24 hours on TNT and TBS every year. Uh, it's not. It's something you can't escape. It is a classic. And for a sequel to come out that just fell really flat, really, really disappointed me. So that definitely made my list for sure. Uh, another one I'll throw in there, and then I'll throw it to you to name a couple of yours, um, is uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I was... Very much disappointed in this movie that to the point where I hated this movie when I saw it the first time. Now, I gave it a second shot. I said, you know what? Let me check it out. I'll, you know, maybe I was in a wrong headspace at the time or whatever the case it is. Happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. What do you think? I fucking hate it more after no. watching it the second no, I time. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, okay. I'm sorry. It, it was just oh, trying to be a, too. F- it's Thor. Yeah. We love these guys. Christian was, Bale. Natalie Portman. What, what, Christian what Bale like was so underutilized in that movie. He could have been given so much more for an actor of his caliber. You bring back Natalie Portman after she's been absent from the MCU for so long. And you just give her a bunch of funny quips and one-liners and stuff like that. Um, Russell Crowe, he was fun. I liked that. He was, so fun. he was fun for the first five back. minutes, and then it just yeah. got tiring after a while. Okay. You know, like the goats. The goats were hilarious as hell. Every you time. Know? Every time. Yeah. That, that's the one part that still got me every time, because it's just so ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like they took a meme, and they just exploited <laughs> it in this movie. But 
it, yeah, it was just trying to be too comical all throughout. It, for a, a character that once started as serious, then became like this comedic, you know, you know, I don't know, walking punchline or whatever the case is. Um, I was just very, I was hoping for something a little bit more serious since okay. we got already a lot of the comedy in Ragnarok and all that. And then this came along and it was just like double time. It was just like more and more and more and more. Yeah. And I was just like, oof, I was just not expecting it. I was not ready for it. And I just didn't like it at all. So yeah, that, that definitely made my list there. Uh, I didn't like it as much as the first one. I'll give you that. But I remember when we when we talked about these movies, we did a little flippy flip because yeah. I was very mad about Doctor Strange and the multiverse right. of badness, as I like hey, to call hey, it. Hey, hey, hey. Because uh, I was, I, I, Doctor Strange, the first one was one of my favorite Marvel movies. We go, oh, what's your favorite Marvel movies? It was Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. And then the sequel mm-hmm. to both and, and Black Panther, which I'm going to go ahead and throw it in there. I don't know if I can include it on my like worst movies, but I was very disappointed in Wakanda Forever. Oh, okay. But mainly, let me focus on like you know, Ant-Man sequel pass. We'll get to we'll talk about Quantumania when we do 2023 previews. Goodness, yeah. uh, what a time to be a Marvel fan! But to <laughs> me, Doctor Strange was just an absolute. I, I did not enjoy it. I was mad that it came out the way that it did. It was mm-hmm. bad. Like overall it's still an entertaining product. Like I'm going to try to be somewhat nice here. Um, it was an, an entertaining product, but I was very disappointed in that one, especially compared to how much I love the first one. Um, the other one I'm going to throw in there, which follows that category as well, uh, is Jurassic world dominion. Mm. Went in super excited, had yeah. loved at least the first Jurassic park movie. And even though sure. they disappointed me almost every try since I went in going, well, maybe this time they got it right. And nope, very, very disappointed, very angry. And if you put Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern in any movie, let alone their classic in a sequel, I, I'm just really mad that they took something so sacred and made me just, just don't make the movie unless it's going to be great. So <laughs> mad about that one still. I just, got, yeah. I just got choked up again thinking about it. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't like that movie either. But just like Thor: Love and Thunder, I decided to give it another shot. And when I watched it the second time, without any expectations, this time going in, just going in yeah. and just enjoying for what it was, I actually didn't hate it as much as I did the first time. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you think that might happen to me too? Because I can't. If I go back and it's worse or the same i don't know if i'll be okay like you don't get to to piss on laura dern's legacy right and right i should i is it worth the bet i'm just I terrified s- i say give it another year or two okay. Okay. <laughs> How, so you're not that confident in the bet it's, no, it's not on your no. list is it it's not it's not on my my worst list at all um uh, it's okay. not in my best list either i mean it was just right. you know like i said like I, I didn't really like it the first time I saw it. I gave it a second shot and I didn't hate it as much. You know, I think there were some things in there that were somewhat redeemable, but it's still not a good movie. It, it's it really, you know, it still isn't. But uh, like I said, I think if you go into it expecting it to be not that great, then I think you are going to be okay. Like keep your expectations okay. ex, ex, as, as low, low as low possible. As possible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you went it, from it, big mad to kind of meh. That, that's kind of like the, meh. It's a movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah. I just don't want to be mad. I don't like hating things. I, I get it. I get it. I, I totally get it. Another uh, one movie that did make me mad uh, was Morbius. What a hot mess that was. I mean, oh my God. Uh, especially when you get like, you know, an actor like Jared Leto that we know he like fully commits and he's crazy and all that stuff like that. And this would been, this is like the perfect character for him. Oh God. It was so God awful to watch. I think I was groaning throughout most of it, rolling my eyes and all. Yeah. It was just unbearable a lot to, uh, for the most part. Um, no redeeming quality at all in that movie like i don't even have the desire to watch it again uh it just really really pissed me off that movie um and i don't know where it's gonna go from here i know he's supposed to play really well with like the whole sony spider-man universe or whatever the case is but i i could i would be just fine if they never reuse that character ever again um another movie that also kind of i found disappointing was day shift Day Shift, uh, the movie that came out on Netflix with uh, Jamie Foxx uh, and Snoop Dogg. Um, Dave, Dave Franco? Is that right? Uh, Dave uh, Franco, young, yes. Young, young Man Franco? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, younger Brother Franco. I remember um, that one. It didn't leave much of an impression. You you, 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 you didn't like it. No. It made no. your list. You hated it. It, it. it, it made my list because, Love again, I taste. think it was, it was definitely one of those movies that was trying to be way too stylish and over the top with the action and all that but there was absolutely no substance in it for me um there was a lot of jokes that were just like really you thought that was funny um a lot of the weird back and forth within the car between franco and jamie fox i was just like okay are they're kind of trying to make like a buddy movie but where is this really going you know and i just remember when the movie ended we had I had the pleasure of watching this during our Netflix for our Netflix episode. And I thought walking away, it was going to be one of the ones I would be talking highly about. Uh-huh. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, it was just the complete opposite. And I just didn't like that movie one bit <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, yeah. The sad part is that was one of my favorites from that. Episode, I know. says a lot because I didn't <laughs> like looking back. I was like, yeah, it wasn't really that good. But it was just compared to all of the which um, I'll throw in right now. Two yeah. of those that were on that Netflix episode uh, was Fistful of Vengeance. Mm. Almost unwatchable. Like, there were multiple times I was, it was, it was the kind of action movie where I'm getting a headache because the effects are bad. The plot is dumb. The characters are not developed. Just everything yeah. was, why does this exist? And then Adam Project was the other one that I just mm. was very, very disappointed in. We're talking time travel and action with Ryan Reynolds, who was well, dunking on him earlier. Like, he's my generation's action comedy star, right? Yeah. I should have liked, liked that movie and yeah. at least not hate it. And instead, I was literally groaning during the big final battle because mm-hmm. it was, to me, so corny and, and, and not deserved. I think in our Netflix episode, you were kind of saying this is a movie that, you know, a, a young dad takes his 12 year old kid to yeah. at the theater which unfortunately yep. it's on netflix so that wasn't an option <laughs> right <laughs> um but it does make sense in that way like yeah this might be a good preteen or early teen movie like when i was that age i may have loved adam project and thought it was really deep yeah but there are movies that do both where adults and teenagers think that they're really cool um yeah so it didn't have to be crappy to me no. 
just because yeah. I have a, a, an adult brain. But uh, yeah, very mad about that one. It was was beyond nerfed. Yeah, well, it's interesting that a Ryan Reynolds movie made both of our lists, and that came <laughs> out in the right. same year. Um, yeah. And I, maybe it begs the question: like, is the shtick too much already at this point? Because again. Heavy on the shtick in that movie, The Adam Project, and yeah. his shtick was pretty, pretty thick and spirited as well. So thick, thick shtick and Adam Project more like a dumb project. <laughs> um, no, it happens. It happens to essentially everyone. Where like Adam Sandler's shtick in the nineties works really well for about a yeah. decade. Will Ferrell's shtick in the early two thousands works really well for about a decade. Yeah. And then at some point, it goes from old school to Casa de mi Padre. Mm-hmm. Or in Adam Sandler's case, like it just gets really rough for some years there. And they have to mature their careers or do something else. Uh, Jim Carrey, because you just can't keep telling the same joke. It's like yeah. a magic trick. You can't keep doing yeah. the same thing over and over again. And Ryan Reynolds, while he has a really unique brain and super quippy and witty and Deadpool, that's like, that's all Deadpool's money is owed just to the way his brain works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once everyone's exposed to it and then overexposed to it, you got to change the shtick up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Deadpool three is going to be interesting to watch, you know, especially with you know his shtick kind of getting to that point where people are getting a little yeah. tired of it. But yeah. I think the one thing that will save that movie is the fact that he's bringing Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine in that movie to kind of go off of the you know each other and all that. So who knows? Well, it's a wait and see kind of thing, right? So. Um, but moving on, uh, we'll move a little quicker here just to close out this list. Um, the live action Pinocchio on Disney Plus, I was very disappointed in that one. Uh, I think when it started, I thought it was going to be very interesting, intriguing because I thought they were going to really lean more heavily on Geppetto and why, you know, kind of more of his background and how he came about to losing uh, his son and all that. But it became really at a point where it was like almost note for note for the original cartoon, but done in a very, very flat manner. You know, like there was no, that there wasn't any feeling of heart or any feeling of real magic as you were watching the movie. Uh, so, and there was a moment in sequence, if you remember the original movie, when he goes to Pleasure Island and, you know, he meets up with the kids and they're doing all these things. It almost felt like a Tim Burton, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory slash Cinderella, not Cinderella, um, Alice in Wonderland kind of vibe where it was just way too CG glorified and so much crap happening. that I was just like, what am I watching? Um, so I was just very, very disappointed in that uh, outing for Tom Hanks there. And I love Tom Hanks. Um, but yeah, that was just really, really piss poor there. Um, and then I think we share a couple of things, if I remember correctly, it mm-hmm. going back on our conversations, mm-hmm. um, in our previous episodes, Clerks 3 was definitely yeah. something that I was extremely disappointed right. about. Um, I don't need to talk much about that because we did a whole episode of our, episode of, yeah, yeah, not good. It was not good. Um, uh, Spiderhead, another Netflix movie with, again, Chris Hemsworth um, in that movie trying to play a different character than he normally does. And then you had, um, who was, who was uh, the other Miles guy Teller. with him? Miles Teller, who is in a movie that's very, very favorable to me this year. 
was not so much in this one. And it was just like, I don't know if it was the directing, the story itself. It was just, I I think I just didn't know what they were trying to do in this movie. And it was just, it felt like it was all over the place. The ending was all of a sudden trying to be a little comical when most of the movie wasn't so much. Right. Um, yeah, it was just like, what are they doing? Uh, but I think that the the one that we share hatred towards the most, the most. is Everyone. Death on the Nile. Death on Definitely. the Nile death. was just death to cinema. <laughs> I would have preferred death. Yeah. Anywhere. Not just on the Nile. Anywhere. Yeah. I I I slowly died during the... It was just... And I'm there's so many people who are just... Who have just shit, shit on this movie. Yeah. And just eating it with a bat. We, I don't think we have to here, but goodness no. gracious. And it's one of those we're talking about where when you have Knives Out... And then the sequel being just as good or on the level, mm-hmm. you're loving it. And then you have you go from Murder on the Orient Express to Death on the Nile from the same uh, same concept, same director, same detective, and then just the quality falls off a damn. Cliff. Oh yeah, yeah. It was don't, just don't do that. Don't make it, movies that aren't good, no. or at least that aren't so bad. Yeah, at some point they should. one of they should have just scrapped it or just started over. It was really bad yeah re- very very painful to watch um was there anything on your list yet that you haven't covered uh, nothing i'm feeling passionate about um i'll just so i'll just drop a couple sure you got me excited about chip and dale uh on the hey hey yeah <laughs> hey that's on you because i was not that impressed uh andy sandberg uh i laughed like maybe i had like one chuckle uh during the, that movie and i was going into this, this is gonna be the new lego movie is this going to be Ooh. another take on the, they're going to revolutionize this childhood thing I loved. And, and then it, they made it really great. No, it was just, it was fine. It was okay. I loved it. <laughs> it, was, it was like, so I was disappointed on that one. The other one was 3000 years of longing. Which if you give me a, ho- a oh. premise of Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba in a hotel room, yeah. telling stories and then those stories come to life. I was thinking this was going to be one of my favorite movies of the year. Same dude who'd made Mad Max. Yeah. And Happy Feet. Was, oh, and Happy Feet. And Mad Max Fury Road and also Happy Feet. Yeah. And I was so bored during this movie. Wow. I'll admit it's not my genre, but everything else about it I should have loved. And mm-hmm. so the movies can overcome that problem for me. If I if, if everything it was just to me, it was slow and boring, and it was just the pacing was kind of like listening to someone telling a long-winded story that I was at a movie. <laughs> Uh, in a movie theater where the lights were off and I may have taken a nap during like the second third of it. Wow. Uh, I woke up and was felt like I didn't miss anything. I was like, okay, yeah, they're still in the hotel room talking and uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and we're still in that imaginary uh, land. I, it just, to me, it wasn't anything special compared to what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who loves fables and that kind of movie, maybe it's for you, but um, I don't know that that to me was, uh, was not successful. Wow, I, I that movie didn't make any of my lists, but I didn't think it was that bad. But uh, sorry, you didn't feel that an way. Impression. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I was. It was a good nap, though. I honestly had a really high quality <laughs> sleep because of the dreamlike stories that were being weaved before. Did me. your did your nap last three thousand minutes at least? I, uh, no, uh, but it could have. I don't know. Time's okay, 
Yeah. Time is really weird. Yeah. As we learned in that movie. Time's just relative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, anything else to add there? Or th- that's pretty much. No. No. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the end of my, my worst of most disappointing list. All right. Cool. Because I have one one last one to add here that I saved for the very end because I knew it was going to get a rile out of you. You didn't and... put it on your. Renee. What? Okay. But yeah. No, so. You, it's your, what is it? So the last movie I will mention, and it's okay, comments, all of you, you can come at me, it's all right, because I don't understand why people like this movie so much, especially towards the end of the year. And I would have to say Decision to Leave is on my list of, not worst, but very disappointing movie of 2022. Nope, not, no joke. You're about to do the like, ah, just kidding, that's on my top 10. No You're joke whatsoever. I watched this movie yeah. and like more than halfway through, I was just like, I don't care anymore. I don't care who loves who, who's going nuts for this other person. I don't want them to do anything I anymore. I want them to all go away. It was just, it was just unbearable after a, a while. And I, I get what was trying, what was going on here. It's your t- very typical romance story between a cop and her wow. and his suspect. Right? Wow. And he falls in love with this suspect who's, who's very who's very mysterious, Is right? My job and to stop him. She's right all now? mysterious and he gets overly obsessed. But yet okay. there's still a question. Is she, is she a killer? Is she not? Oh, I'm okay. so intrigued and I really love her. They don't kiss, He's they don't have sex. So they don't do nothing. Mad. You know, hey, you and about? it's just it was just like a giant cock tease How between the both of them up? for the longest this time. Okay. And I was just like, enough already. You know what? Kill each other. Shoot this him in the awful. head. Stab okay. yourself. Jump I off a cliff. I don't right want now. any of them you to might be happy. You might even be ruining the movie for other people. Who haven't <laughs> <seen> <laughs> How dare you? I'm doing that How on purpose you, to save all of bit. you from watching this thing. Because this isn't a bit. No. From a director who's mad watching this movie. That everyone the end, loves. It's yeah. like on so many number one or top three lists from so many I don't people. get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. You were supposed yeah. to love this one, buddy. Did you go Maybe. into it with like, did you go into it thinking you would love it? Did you know anything about it going into it? Have you seen this movie, director's other movies? Like, yeah. What, so, what, what was the context? Did you currently have a piano falling on your head? <laughs> while you were anvil. watching this movie? And a that's big why anvil. you were angry yeah. about the experience. No, what happened I, to you to where you hate this movie that everyone loves? So I wanted to watch this movie before we did this episode because I did think, oh, what would happen if this made my list, right? Because again, I heard so many people talking about it. It's been making the rounds as one of the best movies of the year for so many people. Um, it was advertised very heavily uh, throughout New York Film Festival as a movie to watch and all that stuff. And I didn't have a chance to see it then. You know, so I purposely did a movie trial because it's on movie right now, M-U-B-I. So I did a movie trial just to watch it because I wanted to make sure I saw it. Right. I the director, I love old boy. That's like one of my like the movies I really love from back in the day. The Handmaiden was a brilliant movie. Very beautifully done. All that stuff. Very well written and acted all throughout. So I'm like, okay, I know what this guy can do. So let's see what's next. Now, the one thing I will say is that I really appreciated a lot of his cinematography and his editing, 
Like that's one thing that really stood out to me throughout this movie. I love that as the police officer is like investigating the suspect from afar, all of a sudden he's in the same room with her as if he's in the room experiencing all the stuff that she's experiencing or whatever the case is. I love all that stuff. Everything else was just boring. It was just like, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I just really could not get into it. I hate it this was, for you. Yeah. You I, it, it, Renee. This could have been one of your favorite movies. You could have been gunning for this at the Oscars. You're going to be mad all Oscar season because of this <laughs> Next time you're in a good mood, you need to rewatch this one because something's going I think because maybe you were trying to force it in at the last second. Maybe. But, oh my God. It's, yeah, I don't know. If, if this, if this, if this somehow walks away with like best foreign picture film uh, at the Oscars, I would one, be shocked. And then two, I'll be like, then there's something broken with me because I just couldn't see it, you know? Uh, and again, maybe it's, you know, circumstantial. Maybe I wasn't in the right headspace at the time. Like, you know, Jurassic World or Thor Love and Thunder or whatever the case is. So I may in the future revisit it. But I'm telling you, I could not wait for this movie to end. I just was just like enough already. I just, I, I couldn't care less about these characters anymore after a while. And, you know, that's it. Wow. it was, yeah. I, sorry, world. Sorry, cinephiles. Sorry, letterbox community. I just could not. It, it, maybe it was just a movie not for me. I don't know. I mean, it's a front runner for the Oscars. So um, you're, you're, you're going to be mad. I got and there it's it's in the same convo as could this one also get a best picture nomination the way sure. we've had in recent years with Drive My Car, yeah. Parasite, Roma, etc. So uh, you're going to be big mad. I cannot wait to just keep. I, maybe maybe you'll rewatch it at some point, like you did with maybe. Um, Jurassic Dominion, and and not be so mad. But um, yeah, maybe we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Like okay. like maybe when we get into like the thick of the Oscar conversation and all that. If it's if it creeps its way into a nomination, which it probably will, then I may consider rewatching it one more time, you know, and I'll make sure that I'm in a proper headspace. You know, maybe I'll meditate for like a good hour first beforehand. <laughs> I'll clear my mind. I'll shut off all the lights, turn off anything that's making sound and I will watch it and we'll see. But as of right now, I don't get it. I really don't. Okay. I'm excited for that day. I, just, <laughs> I can't wait. So, yeah. Again, curious as to what all of you think about that huge revelation or any of the revelations on our list of the uh, worst and most disappointing movies of the year. Did any of your worst or disappointing movies of the year make our list? Maybe we missed something that you think should be added. Let us know in the comments. Really curious to hear your thoughts and feedback on all that stuff. Or if you just want to flame me for hating Decision to Leave, because again, come at me. I want to, you know what? Convince me why this movie is so good or what I missed, you know? But as long as you do it nicely, you know, don't call me names. No, you know, no, don't, don't, you know, all that stuff. No, please. <laughs> if you need dirt on Renee, let me know. And um, I'll be there glad you go. to provide that so you can throw it in the There comments. you go. That's the worst opinion I've ever heard. That's fine. Uh, That's since fine. we started doing this, at least. That's fine. Hey, 
Hey, okay. there was there was there was bound to come a time where there'll be this one movie that would have divided us like big time. <laughs> yeah, you know, consider fully disagreed because it's yeah. about to show up on my short on my honorable mentions at least. Okay, hey everybody, are you a fan of collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, and all that stuff like that? Do me a favor and visit EntertainmentEarth.com and you won't be sorry. Entertainment Earth is the premier place online for the latest and greatest toys, the most exciting action figures, and the coolest gifts and collectibles pop culture has to offer. From television, movies, sports, celebrities, comics, internet memes, and every fandom in between, they drop new products daily and curate their selection so that you don't miss out. Whether you're looking for something stellar from a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars, or from the streets of Gotham City with DC Comics, they've got surprises for everyone. Get access to exclusive releases and limited run pre-ordered. You can even reserve hard-to-find items before they arrive. From Funko to Hasbro, all your favorite vendors are represented in their robust catalog of cool collectibles. Take advantage of their unparalleled industry expertise and make your collection as worthy as Marvel's Thor. They are pleased to offer risk-free shopping with their industry-leading mint condition guarantee and hassle-free 90-day returns. Find that grail you're seeking for yourself or someone you love. And because I know how special they are and how they're going to be great for a lot of you out there, I worked a special deal with them that if you check out the link featured in the description of this episode, you will get 10% off plus free shipping over orders of $40 or more. I mean, that is fantastic, don't you think? Now, the 10% discount is only good for... Uh, in-stock merchandise, so it doesn't work for any pre-orders, but if you take a look at their site, there's going to be a lot of stuff they have in stock that you'll probably want to get. So again, visit that special link in the description of this episode to take advantage of this awesome 10% offer plus free shipping and buy yourself or a loved one something really cool. Entertainment Earth, so many toys, so much fun. Well, speaking of which, I think now is the perfect time to let's dive into that for sure. So, you know, going through the list of movies that I've watched this year, and I'm pretty sure you felt the same way. Again, I'm shocked at how many movies I saw. I think my count clocked in at 87 movies of the year, um, which is a lot of movies to watch in a given year. So putting together my top 10 was extremely, extremely difficult because with you know a good amount of bad there's also a great amount of good and i felt like oh, yeah. there was a great amount of good this year to, to uh, believe it or not um now not all of them were blockbusters i mean a lot of good indie stuff for sure uh and you know even though we were talking about some of the, the misses on netflix there definitely was a good amount of great movies that came out on streaming you know which was you know really pleasant to see um so i'm going to we're going to start off by kind of honoring the you know the ones that are worth mentioning that didn't make our top 10 because maybe we felt strongly about one title over the other or whatever the case is but it i think it's very important to at least mention these um because these are movies that we really did appreciate even though they didn't make our top 10 list uh i'll go through mine really quick and then we i'll kick it over to yours uh one uh, one movie i do have to mention is avatar the way of water because I think I was, for the most part, throughout the year, shitting on this movie. Um, you know, I was calling it, like, you know, a little too late. I was saying that, yeah, it, I'm sure it's going to look gorgeous, but I don't think story-wise it's going to do much, blah, blah, this and that. 
But then the one thing that we always say and what everyone else says, never bet against James Cameron. And he did come through and I was pleasantly surprised on how much I enjoyed this movie. Um, I was intrigued and enthralled all the way through. Uh, we did a review episode about the movie and I think, you know, it resonates, you know, both of our feelings of the movie really, really enjoyed that movie. Pleasantly surprised there. Another movie that I really, really enjoyed that I was, um, again, very surprised to was the Netflix Pinocchio uh, by Guillermo del Toro. As far as like animated movies of the year, this is definitely one of the top for me. Um, the technical achievement that they he accomplished for this movie with uh, the stop motion animation and all that, brilliantly done, definitely has the Guillermo spin to it, you know, with some stuff that can be questionable for kids, but it is one of those animated movies that adults and kids can enjoy very equally uh, while keeping the story very fresh. Um, Definitely doesn't follow the same uh, type of stuff that the Disney Pinocchio storyline does. So I feel like it definitely um, probably follows more closely to the original fable. But you do get more of that background of Geppetto and the family and all that. You know, the stuff that I was hoping to get with the Disney version, we definitely got more insight on that. And it made you care a lot more for these characters. Um, The songs were very well done. Um, Not as catchy. But again, not as just it wasn't distracting either. So it definitely gelled really well. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, even though Blake hated it, I still have Chippendale Rescue Rangers as <laughs> one of my favorites of the year. I mean, again, it, it. I do. I do. And again, maybe it's just a whole nostalgia thing, but it really, really you know, it, it hit me at the right time, maybe during the year. Um, I haven't rewatched it since, so maybe if I do rewatch, I'm be like, "All right, this is crap," but I'm gonna <laughs> have it solidified in the annals of history of 2022. I really enjoyed this movie, and I wanted to to keep it as that. Uh, After Yang was another movie I mentioned earlier um, that came out on Hulu. Um, you know, very very well done movie. Uh, A24 um, really can't talk enough about this movie. Definitely should be in a conversation for one of the best movies of the year. Didn't make my top 10, but it definitely is a really, really well done movie. Uh, Prey, the prequel to Predator that came out on Hulu, was phenomenal. I wasn't expecting to enjoy this movie so much as I thought I would. Um, I love the fact that it was done in the original dialogue of uh, the tribe. Uh, So you had the, the choice to watch it in the original dialogue, the dialect and everything. Or watch it, you know, with the dubbing or whatever the case is. Um, it brought back the Predator franchise in a good way and, and kind of brought it to its roots. Really, really enjoyed this movie. Great action flick there. And lastly, I want to mention Corsage. Corsage was a movie I checked out at New York Film Festival. Stars uh, Vicky Kreeps, um, who was in Phantom Thread, if you saw that movie. Very well done movie about an uh, Australian uh, kind of... Uh, uh, I believe she was a princess or queen. And it, it was just talk about like being oneself and being rebellious because this is how who I am and this is who I want to be. I don't want to be shackled by what people are supposed to see me as or what is expected of me. I just want to live my life, enjoy and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, if you want a further in-depth review about it, I have one on the channel that, uh, again, it was one of those things that I went into 
not knowing what to expect and walking out very pleasantly pleased and surprised. And it's definitely one of those movies that I think should be talked about this year. So that are my honorable mentions right there. So uh, with that being said, what about you, Blake? What are some other things on your list? Thank you so much, Renee. I'm happy to talk about my honorable mentions now at this moment. Um, I'm, I'm going to skip over some that were just like that I enjoyed um, or that we talked about a lot before. Sure. Um, and then I'm just going to kind of go through and name some and then, and then hone in on just a couple. But um, you mentioned Avatar Way of Water. Uh, we talked about that one immediately after. Yeah. Um, enjoyed for sure. It's not going to make a top 10 list. For, I, I'm curious if it gets a Best Picture nomination. I'm curious. The box office is interesting watching that right now and then talk of how the next few go. Um, Bros, I really enjoyed. Oh, uh, nice. The Billy Eichner rom-com movie. Love, lovely movie. Fun. If you enjoy a simple rom-com, it, it was, it hit the genre perfectly. Um, another one that was a, a unique take and more of an indie take on it, less of the, the, um, the, genre formula but still a solid formulaic rom-com uh was fire island on hulu uh which we were talking about uh bow and yang earlier talking about snl yeah. and what's going with them off air um, that was that was a really well done movie also and then moonfall um was one i was just pleasantly surprised by it was very dumb and i was entertained as hell in the movie yeah. theater so if you just want to turn off your brain um uh, i don't I, it, I don't think it needs to be at a movie theater, but it was better there for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so if you missed it, but yeah, if you just want to like turn off your brain for a couple hours, it was, that was a fun uh, movie. Um, the Weird Al biopic that was a fictional biopic. I was very impressed. Good call. By. Yeah, good call. I thought I was going into something that would be a true biopic, and yeah. at some point I realized they were being silly with it, but they were. Doing essentially a Weird Al song version of a biopic and the best exactly. version of Weird Al. I'm not always the yep. biggest Weird Al fan. Um, I do understand that he's a genius and I have enjoyed a lot of his music, especially when I was younger. This movie does a really good job of taking something, a, a well-known genre or like a type of movie, putting a spin on it, but not being mean-spirited about it. No. Kind of just being silly about itself and not taking things too seriously. Yeah. And making it more fun that way and kind of being the more extreme version of the thing that we all know and enjoy already. That was kind of the brilliant uh, thing that Weird Al does. This movie did, which was really impressive to watch. And damn, was it fun watching Daniel Radcliffe play that ridiculous <laughs> character. Um, so definitely more of a silly action comedy than I expected it to be. Yeah. And the take on the biopic, like that, it, there was some really fun moments. So fully recommend. Um, that that's the, that's one that's one that I wish it wasn't on the Roku channel. Like yeah. that movie, really, I think it belongs I'm on like the a Roku channel. But a lot of people are saying I'm not even going to watch it because I don't even know how to. I've never downloaded. Right. I want to download a new app. No, that should it yeah. should be on Netflix. It should be on Prime. It should be on something more accessible because it was a fun movie to watch. And again, if you are into the humor of Weird Al, this movie is just that from beginning to end. It. I too enjoyed that movie. That, that's a good call on that one. So those were the ones that were kind of my my I enjoyed them list. Now I'm just gonna rattle off the the short list, the ones that I like was debating that should this go in my top ten. Um Top Gun Maverick, no one cares. Uh Marcel the Shell with shoes on, 
uh, we talked about that one for a full episode. That was uh, a really lovely movie that I wish had gotten more fanfare. Yeah. So fully recommend that to anyone who hasn't seen it. Ambulance. While a dumb action nice. movie almost made my top 10 because I had those uh, probably the funnest I had or up there of any movie at the theater, just chest pounding action, pumping my fist. That was a great time. The opposite was Blonde, which uh, mm. had, has not aged well. No. no review afterward. I was more glowing. And then things came out and the director kept talking and it became uh-huh. harder to defend some of the decisions that the director made, which I maybe misunderstood as being pure intention and maybe weren't. That said, the experience of being in the movie theater and being crushed by that movie, I really like a movie that has an effect on me, um, which is kind of a theme throughout a lot of the movies on my list of if it had an effect on me, good, bad, action, sadness, all whatever it is, that to me means it's successful. So at least when I saw it in theaters, it was successful, even though in all other <laughs> metrics it has not been. Right. Um, Age Daydream, really fun uh, Bowie documentary nice. that we talked about. Uh, Rathaniel, the Gerard Carmichael stand-up special, which to me kind of transcends the genre. It's the one where it's kind of known as the one where he came out. Um, yeah. And I was there in the live taping. Apparently, you, you could hear, hear Blake's laugh. laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Renee texted me as soon as he'd seen it. But that one, just being there in person and then seeing it again, and it's directed by Bo Burnham, who is a Oscar-nominated yeah. man. Uh, that was uh, a special, special uh, Banshees of Inisherin. I know it's going to get a lot of awards buzz. I'm not as hyped about this movie, but I really enjoyed it. We talked about the menu last week. We did a whole episode on men. We talked about Armageddon time. We talked about Elvis a lot. Uh, I'm excited to talk about Elvis more as we get to award season. I'm curious how that goes. Sure. Yeah. Um, Woman King, amazing time, similar to Ambulance, where like just pounding my fist, uh, pumping my fist at the end of that movie. You already talked about Pinocchio. Love that one. The the new one. The live. The, the Netflix. Sorry, not the live one. <laughs> yeah. Netflix one. The Guillermo del Toro one. That yeah. was great. Um, I loved Amsterdam. Another one of those that just seems like a flop. And Babylon, which we talked about recently, which seems mm-hmm. like it's becoming a flop. Um, love both of those. Uh, Fablemans enjoyed. Hustle, the Adam Sandler Netflix movie. That was the only one we really loved on our oh, yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. Really enjoyed that one. Really good. Really um, good. In this movie that everyone loves and agrees is amazing is Decision to Leave. And if anyone disagrees with that, I don't know what to tell them. Uh, try again, buddy. Um, then the last one I'll end it on uh, is After Sun, which was a really special movie. If you like A24 movies and indie movies, see After Sun. Uh, I did not know what I was getting into. I kind of wish I had. There's, but pay attention when you're watching that one. It's not just a movie you put on the background. It's a slow indie movie. It is a special, special film. And there's some things that happened very subtly that absolutely blew my mind and make the movie amazing. And if you're only half watching that one, you're, you might as well not. It's, but it was a very, very special movie that's ending up on a lot of, at the end of a lot of people's um, year endless. I actually think if I watched it again, it might age much better. It's one of those. So uh fully recommend that one. And uh, that's kind of the top of my of my honorable mentions. Nice. Yeah. Uh, After Sun was definitely one of those movies I was hoping to see before we did this episode. Um, it's not streaming anywhere. So it's really kind of hard to watch yeah. right now. Um, but that is definitely on my list of as soon as I can see it, I definitely want to see that movie. 
Also, the the Woman King. I missed it when it was out in theaters because I think I was traveling at the time um, and I had other stuff going on. So I was very disappointed I couldn't see that. But I definitely do want to check that out the the first chance I get. Um, yeah, That's good why note. I love these lists is, is even when I'm listening to other people's, I'm like writing down ones like, oh, right, I yeah. missed that one. I need to see that. And then that's kind of how, mm-hmm. I, how we get to such a fleshed out list, especially by the end of the year. So yeah, fully, no, fully recommend and, and you've got a couple on yours that I that I already wrote down. Nice, nice. So yeah, so with all that being said, here now we will present to you each of our top ten movies over the year. And the way we like to do it is that we'll start from the bottom. We'll do ten, ten, nine, nine, whatever the case is. There may be some overlap or some things that will be on our list at one point or another. So we'll we'll address that when the time comes. But I, I I don't know if you felt this way, but it was very hard for me to put this list together this year. Um, there were some that I knew for a fact were there, but then there were others that it was just it. it if you asked me two weeks ago, if you asked me two weeks from now, it could yeah. easily change, very easily change. But um, I'll go ahead and start first. Uh, my number ten, I put in uh, Glass Onion. Knives Out Mystery. Um, again, it was just one of those really fun and entertaining moments watching this movie. You know, I had a chance to watch it in the theater. Um, they did one of those things where they released it in theaters for like a week um, just to get that um, qualifying um, berth for the Oscars and all that. Yep. Um, I was able to actually watch it before that happened because I, wow. you know, just lucky. Okay, just okay. lucky. Just lucky enough to see it. Um, but I'm so glad I did because I think having a chance to watch that in a theater crowd makes that experience so much better. Um, not saying that you need to, but it really it heightens the experience. And it's one of those movies where with all the twists, all the reveals and all that kind of stuff like that, you get the right reactions from the audience. And it, mm. I think I would have had those same reactions if I just watched it at home. Um, but I did find that movie so entertaining. And again, a, a genre that is normally not that hot, you know, the murder mystery, it's like very hit or miss. The fact that I loved it so much, and it's from the same director that did another brilliant murder mystery right yeah. before that, you know, again, great, great job. And I really, really enjoyed that. So that's my number 10. Now I really wish I'd seen it in theaters because I love that one and yeah. I saw it at home. Okay, my number eleven movie is Ten. Strawberry. No, number eleven. <laughs> 11. Movie, <laughs> I amend. Number eleven movie is Strawberry Mansion, which tragically played in like one theater in New York City for a couple weeks. I don't even remember which theater I saw it at. It is such a dream, uh, surreal, dreamlike, surreal, bizarro indie movie. If that if you're into like Jodorowsky or just movies that uh, kind of like mind fuck you, but are also have that DIY indie aesthetic, definitely watch this one. It was really really well done. It was one of those I was like, how did this get made? And also, how is it not everyone's favorite cult classic? Um, just the quick synopsis, just because I still haven't met anyone who's seen it. Uh, in a <laughs> I don't future, even know what it is. <laughs> in a future where the government records dreams and taxes them. A dream auditor gets caught up in an aging eccentric's dreams. This man is just reviewing people's dreams for his day job and auditing them. And it's it's so bizarre and so lovely. So that's my number 11 movie. 
Uh, my number 10 movie is The Batman. We did a whole episode nice. on The Batman. Uh, I It was one of those early earlier in the year. I want to say February or so it came out. Um, and I remember going to the theater just having a great blockbuster time, but also feeling like that Dark Knight feeling of this is a very well done, expertly crafted movie that also happens to be super damn entertaining. And also shout out to Colin Farrell for having at the end of the year, one of the best. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of anyone in a long time. Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious. Like after Yang, his role in the Batman um, and uh, Banshees are all either like nominatable or the movie is, or maybe he, you know, the Batman might get a costuming uh, nomination uh, or makeup and hair design just for his character. Yeah. Is, could be directly responsible for three Oscar wins in a roundabout way, or at least like movies that are high at the end of the year conversations that people are yeah. having. So that's my number 10 standing by. Nice. If you want to know all my thoughts, we talked about it for uh, oh, yeah. on, on back when it came out. Yeah. Well, it's funny because um, the Batman was actually the first episode that we did of movie time. That's right. Oh, March yeah. 4th, it comes out. Okay. Yeah. And we do it yeah. the day before. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very it's important. it's what started our our adventure into the podcast landscape together. So so damn good. I had to go on the record about it, darling. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm glad we're doing this still, dude. Holy shit. For sure. Cool. I know. Yeah. Oh. It, it, it's weird because it felt like so much longer ago, right? Oh. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. yeah. One Oscar season is really like 10 human years. Yeah, and so I'm glad we started when we did. <laughs> really, for got sure. Under us early for on. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Okay, so the Batman is your number ten. Um, I'll just say this right now, so that we save time. The Batman was actually my number eight. So yeah. So again, just like with it, great performances all around. I think the cinematography is top notch throughout that movie. The sound, the soundtrack, like everything just gelled so well together. Um, I did like the fact that, again, it's it's a spin on Batman that we haven't had a chance to see yet. And that is the more detective trying to solve the, the mystery, trying to solve the crime. Um, so it wasn't like your full on action packed, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff like that. It was a lot of slow moments where he's trying to figure stuff out. And that is basically who Batman is. Um, so really, really great stuff. I enjoyed talking about that movie and, and seeing that movie. And, uh, you know, that's why it made my number eight. My number nine is Triangle of Sadness. Uh, Triangle of Sadness uh, was the Palme d'Or winner of uh, Cannes this year. Um, I saw it uh, during um, New York Film Festival. And I love this movie. I love the the whole cynicism behind it. I love the the parody, the the satirical com- commentary on the world. I love the whole you know how the rich view regular people and kind of like the little stab and jabs at all that. Um, I love how things kind of switch towards the end when it comes to the classes and who's the one on top and who are the ones now following. I love the whole commentary and all that. I think, um, speaking of Oscars, when it comes to supporting actress, uh, I believe we have one in the running here from this movie, and that is uh, Dolly De Leon uh, for her performance in this movie. So I'm pretty sure... 
uh, she's still being considered for this, uh, for a supporting actress, at least because of this movie, because she was phenomenal all throughout. Um, so yeah, Triangle of Sadness. Again, we this was another movie that we talked about. Uh, we had a review episode about, and we we both really enjoyed it. So yeah, so that definitely made uh, my list uh, as number nine. And, and it, very similarly to yours, it's the way I put my list together. It's like, w- not only was it entertainment value, but how it touched me as far as story, as as how like feelings, emotions, um, you know, how it relate, how I can relate to the story and everything like that. Um, the message, right? And I thought like this did a lot of that stuff, you know, for me. So yeah, so that's my number nine. Um, so my wait, which was your number nine? My number nine was Triangle of Sadness. My number eight is the Batman. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. My number six is Triangle of Sadness, which oh, nice. we'll get to in a second when we're kind of going cool. through them. Um, but yeah, everything you said, we did the whole episode on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we if we linked those somewhere, but uh, that was a really fun theater experience. Yeah. I enjoyed talking about it with you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, in fact, every single movie on my top ten, I'm going through. We did episodes about. So oh, good for okay. us to like know Look at that. which movies we'd be hyped about afterward and like <laughs> want to talk about. Except Please. Strawberry Mansion, but that's my number eleven, so we're not counting that. Let me that's know if right. you see that one. It's a real trip. Um, okay. Number nine is Northman. The, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. Loved it. was one of those where we, you and I were kind of finding our footing on mm-hmm. here. And I really enjoyed talking to you about that one. Yeah. And I was like in the theater. I saw it twice. Second time I'm like taking notes and really uh, uh, diving deeper into all the possible meanings of it, um, which is fun, especially when it's a on the surface, just a dumb Viking action movie with amazing <laughs> oners and sick bloodshed with awesome knives and wolves and just some real gnarly family dynamics that we won't go into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Robert Eggers uh, directed this one, his follow-up to The Lighthouse with um, Alexander Skarsgård and our hero of the cinema, First Lady of the Cinema, Nicole Kidman, yes. uh, as well as, as, as Ethan Hawke. So had such a damn good time at the movies and similar to the Batman, it was deep and it was very fun action stuff. So I definitely have a bias towards that showing here. My next one, cause I'm jumping to number eight now, right? Yeah. Cause you did, your, for it. um, is not that at all. It's a little bit gnarly, but it's bones and all. Nice. Luca okay. Guadagnino, two movies ago did call me by your name, which is my number one or number two movie of all time depending on when you check my letterbox. Um, This one, not as palatable, uh, not trying to make a pun, as as Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name (laughs) is this lovely Italian villas and countryside and gorgeous scenery all the time. This was a 1980s cannibal love story set in middle America, Um, a middle America that I know a little bit too well. As a metaphor, I've actually, since since we talked about this one some, um, I've done some more diving on like the what it's a metaphor for. It is much oh. deeper than just a cannibal movie. So I was able to stomach it, again, not trying to mm-hmm. make a pun, because I'm not watching a cannibal movie. I'm watching a love story based on uh, one of my favorite romantic directors of all time, Luca mm-hmm. Guadagnino, with the same star, Timothy Chalamet. And... Um, 
overall, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg's in it, and Mark Rylance uh, is also doing just one of the grossest, best supporting actor oh, yeah. roles uh, in a long time. But then the um, the lead actress's name, which right now is escaping me, um, but uh, Taylor Russell. Yeah. Goodness gracious. What a performance. Uh, someone so good. that hasn't got, gotten too much attention for now. And overall, very well done movie that is similar in the like forbidden and difficult love as Call Me By Your Name, but just right. from such a different perspective on just how grotesque the movie is mm-hmm. of what it's showing you. Um, in Call Me By Your Name, there's a lot of people talk about how beautiful the movie is, but there's a lot of like flies that are just kind of around and on people's faces or like in the background. And this movie is basically like zooming in on the flies and like like that's the the aesthetic distinction there, but still equally brilliantly done or close. And so that's why it's my number eight movie of the year. Okay, very nice. Yeah, no, Bones and All, I, I pretty much enjoyed as well. Um, and also uh the northman the northman was definitely uh one of those movies that i really enjoyed this year if we were doing a top 20 northman and bones and all would have made the 20 list for sure yeah um it's just you know again putting together a top 10 is very difficult and of course we're going to like things for our own different reasons and all that but i remember the northman we had a really great conversation about that movie um, especially because of a lot of the cinematography choices and that was yep. done very, very well done. Um, and, and bones and all, uh, again, you don't, don't, don't think army hammer has anything to do with the influence of this movie. Uh, that just so happens to be a coincidence, same director who directed him in call me by your name, but, uh, no, it was a, it was a good movie and a different, a definitely different take on the whole romance genre for sure. Um, you know, bending genres and putting them all together. So I'm not, I'm actually not surprised that movie made your, your top 10 because I had a feeling it would. Um, so moving on to number seven, the number seven on my list is Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, I really, really, and I I think, I don't know. I, I have a feeling like this movie is mixed with people now. Uh, I feel like there are people who like this movie and there are people who don't like this movie so much or people who just didn't get it or didn't understand it. Um, I definitely had conversations with people recently that they asked me to help explain what Nope was about to them. Um, So they just really didn't really fully understand what the the movie was really about. Um, Surface level, it's a basic, you know, blockbuster type of movie. You know, that's really what it is. But if you are like us and you dive a little deeper into what Jordan is trying to say, just like what he does with all of his other movies, it's definitely a little talk about the Hollywood industry and all that kind of stuff like that, that we really, really fully enjoyed. Um, I love the little nods to Spielberg and Hitchcock and all that stuff. Um, Some of the best night shots I've ever seen rendered on, on film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, it was night, but it never felt like night because you could see everyone so clearly. Uh, really great um, editing work and, and and color work and all that stuff. Um, so really, really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think I saw, yeah, I saw this movie twice and it was just as good the second time when I saw it. So definitely Jordan is really doing well as a director, and I can't wait to see what he has next uh, in store for all of us there. But yeah, very, very uh, much like this movie. So nope, that is my number seven. 
Uh, nope was my number four. Uh, if you're nice. We're at home. There you go. Uh, there's the night shots are amazing. The day shots are also amazing because it's really yeah. rare to have a horror movie set in the daytime in an open True. field. True. Um, that was incredible to watch. I'm not going to add too much more on it. I really enjoyed breaking that one down with you here yeah. and getting deep on it and theorizing in real time and actually working it out on the episode. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. The I am really annoyed with the I didn't get it. So I didn't like it (laughs) because it's almost like they know Jordan Peele is smart. They saw get out. They knew there was some meaning there that was easy for them to access. And so they're like, well, what's the secret? This one, I didn't get it. So I didn't like it is I, there's a lot of really dumb movies out there that people appreciate on their surface. They don't think there's anything happening underneath. And so they're not confused by it. This is when they just know there's something happening, but on the surface, this movie was also enjoyable. Yeah. And Jordan Peele's not going to necessarily hand feed the audience and let them know every explanation of every possible theory that they could have for it. That's part of the fun. But also, this was a sick alien uh, movie where what's that thing and why is there blood on the walls and mm-hmm. why is there... You don't need to have the answers why to say, holy shit, that thing could kill me. Like, the right. characters on the screen are also trying to figure out what this movie is about. Like, why is this thing coming after me? How do I beat it? That's part yeah. of the whole fun of it is the trying to figure it out. And the people who did not like this movie for that reason are the people who would have died in this movie because they're not the ones who figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, just saying. And right. uh, But no, I, that's my number four. That's even higher for me. Nice. And you're right. Nice. It is polarizing. There are people who don't like it for legit reasons. I'm not trying to say everyone's wrong. No. It doesn't have yeah, it in yeah, the yeah. top ten. Uh, but uh, to them, I would say, nope, it's my number four. Nope, um, Sorry. So I already mentioned my four and my six. So I'm going to do number seven now and then throw it back to you. Does that sound right? Yeah. Okay. My my number seven, which is becoming a flop. A lot of people that I'm listening to talk about it are mad about it. They really don't like it. And on any given episode where there's like three people talking about it, one person's doing the me thing where they loved it. And then two people are mad about it. It's Babylon. I Uh... am surprised by how this is not being received as well as I thought it would. I... I not only love this movie, this is not me shitposting. I really enjoyed this movie, and I genuinely, as of right now, think it belongs right here on this spot on my top ten list. I want to watch it again. I can't wait until I have an extra three hours and 45 minutes to see the theaters when you include the 15-minute walk each way. Yeah. Uh, I have not had the opportunity to do that since the holidays. I am really excited to see it a second time, but holy shit. I love this movie. And again, I was listening to a favorite podcast. I'm not going to name them. But they're doing the, the, they're trying to say they didn't understand the ending. And I'm just going like, that's fine. But now you're telling on yourself. And that's not a reason to not like something because it made mm-hmm. your brain hurt. That's, that's, that's more of an insult to yourself that I don't know if you should be doing on air. I really enjoyed this movie. If there are people who have the simpler interpretation of it, oh, it's grotesque. The things on the screen are, are I didn't enjoy looking at. Um, it's being either too mean or too nice to Hollywood, mm-hmm. etc. And there's more going on. This movie is more complex than that. And the richness of it. And there, there are a lot of amazing moments all throughout and a lot of amazing performances. And the main thing people are saying is it doesn't, it doesn't have cohesion. It doesn't congeal together mm-hmm. as a full uh, successful movie. I, I really enjoy the way those things interact with each other. And they enhance my enjoyment of it rather than detract from it. So um, can't wait to watch it a second time. 
I love Babylon just as much as Babylon loves and hates the movies. <laughs> well, it's interesting because th- this is one of those movies that I think is very defi- divi- divisive amongst cinephiles, you know, and yeah. it's it, it, you definitely and you don't get that a lot. You know, it's it's yeah. actually it's either they're all on board one way or they're all on board the other way. And this is one of those that they're really split uh, for the most part. When we had our discussion about Babylon, I, too, didn't get the ending. Remember? And then when we talked about it and you explained it more to me and how to look at it, I got it. I was like, oh, you know what? You're right. I do see it that way now. And I, it totally makes sense to me. It just doesn't change my feeling of the movie as a whole. Now, I didn't think it was a bad movie. Like, I did find a lot of entertaining moments in it and all that. Fun, I do agree. Wrong, no matter oh, what. Yeah. As long as you're into being pissed on and cocaine elephant shit parties. My goodness. Yeah. 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 What a, what a time. The, the roaring yeah. 20s for a reason. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, like to be, to be, it's like now we get a chance to be there. And now I totally see how it was. And I can see why so many people were so fucked up back then. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting movie. And, and I see the, the people who are talking badly about it. And obviously, unfortunately, it's, it's bombing hard at the, in the theaters right now. Um, but I think it was, it's just one of those movies that were just not meant for theaters, especially in this day and age of movie theaters where we are right now, the minute this goes on streaming, I think this, that's going to change the story. That'll be um, interesting. Big time. It's yeah. Be some cult classic shit. You, yeah. You, especially if Damien Chazelle, it's like he's the La La Land guy and the Whiplash guy. And, that's, yeah. and then this could be the one that people are saying, like, no, that's his best movie 10 years from now. Possibly. Very possibly. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think so right now, but I do appreciate the huge swing he took with this one. And and again, having that conversation with you about the movie helped me at least appreciate that even more so, you know. But again, even after had even before that conversation, after watching the movie, I didn't think it sucked. I didn't think it was horrible, you know. Yeah. Not like a lot of these other people; they're just bashing it left and right. Yeah, it, it's just mad. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Officially. You guys are wrong. Yeah. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens during the Oscar time for this movie to see what kind of attention it's going to get for sure. Um, cool. So that was your number seven. seven. And then yeah. my six is Triangle of Sadness. Right. Okay. So I'll do the next two now. So my number seven is The Menu. Uh Again, we we talked briefly about this because you finally had a chance to talk about it. I did uh, a review episode on it. I just really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I I wasn't sure what to expect going into it, but it just had everything that I really enjoy in kind of like the more, not absurdist, but a little bit more of like the unique uh, horror thriller genre. Uh, Ray Fine's performance, uh, Anya Taylor Joy's performance, uh, Nicholas Holt, like everyone was so good in this movie. Hong Chow, who is again talk about someone having a really good year between this and The Whale. Uh, I think she did a phenomenal job um, acting in this movie. Uh, again, the surprises, the little twists, the ending for me personally, I thought it was a little bit um, predictable. 
But I like, you know, especially if you're into like horror movies and you understand the tropes and the typical things that happen. But I love the execution overall. And it was, again, one of those ex- movie experiences that I had where I was just beaming as I was watching the movie. You know, again, knowing and understanding the foodie culture, the restaurant, you know, stuff and the exclusivity and the people who go to these things, the categorizations of the type of people you would find in these situations. I just enjoyed every minute of it and how it played on the whole chef's table, cooking show, all that stuff. It was just so well done. I I, I always recommend this movie to other people. It, it's, it was a very entertaining experience at the movie theater. Um, it's coming out on HBO Max in about a week. So I can't wow. wait to watch it again. Wow. And I'm sure I will love it just as much. So I really, really enjoyed that movie. <clears throat> Next. And uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about the menu uh, that you haven't said before already. No, I mean, you you, you landed it. I, I, I want to talk about the ending some more, but I think you sure. understand the genre better than I do. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the last shot of Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh. It was a such like a, a stomach-turning movie. Yeah. It yeah. was supposed to be a food movie. Yeah. So just watching that scene and her that I, I don't want to say what she's doing or what's happening yeah. in the background. Yeah. Um, but that was a fun moment in my opinion. I, yeah. I left the theater with a good feeling after being terrified of how I might leave the theater. Sure. Just feeling like, okay, at least there's a conclusion here. And um, I don't know, maybe if you're a genre, because that's not my genre, that's more yours. But if you're a genre fan, you might yeah. want more to be happening or a bigger twist or something unexpected. But I was very happy to have something expected after all the directions that thing could have taken. Yeah. No, it, so I should uh, clarify. So it's not so much how the movie ended. It's how the movie, um, how the how the revelation came about for her to be able to leave. Gotcha. You know, okay. That, that, yeah. that, was that, that was, yeah, that yeah. was more of like the okay. tropey stuff that, you know, we've okay. seen before and all that. But like I said, the execution was done so well. And yes, I agree. That last shot, the last moment is a perfect capper for everything that just transpired throughout the movie. So yeah, so really, really good stuff. Uh, So my next uh, one on the list here, which is my number six. Are we at six or five? Let's see. One, two, three, (laughs) four... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So the menu was actually my number six. Wait. Okay. That's what on. I think One, we should have been doing. Two, three, four, five. No, it was actually my number fifth. Wait. One, two, three, four, five. No, the menu was my wait. sixth one. Sorry. The menu okay. was my sixth. Um so your the last one you went through was did I mess you up because I did a number 11 with Strawberry Mansion? Because I'm so glad if that's the case. So, Probably. so let's, well, let's just recap since we're right at the top. Okay. Half. All right. I'm going number 11, Strawberry Mansion. In the number Batman. 11. Nine, Northman. Eight, Bones and All. Mm-hmm. Seven, Babylon. And six, Triangle of Sadness. Okay, cool. So again, to recap mine, 10 was Glass Onion. Nine was Triangle of Sadness. Eight was the Batman, seven was Nope, and six was the menu. So nice. now that we're all caught up here, cool. my number five or my fifth movie is Triple R. Triple Me R. too. 
Yo, no, okay. no, get out. We've get out. Said, which is no, no, I'm not getting out because the movie is no, no get out is old. Four, but yeah, my number I five know, yeah. is RRR. Dude, yeah. dude, this was oh a movie. God that oh I God. suggested that both of us watch. Yep. Remember? The conversation yep. we had was that, yo, my like my friends can't stop talking about this movie. There's a lot of people talking about this movie. Let's just check it out because it's finally on Netflix and we could actually watch it. We enjoyed talking about this movie like it was the next best thing since sliced bread. It I was... still love talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like at a bar two days ago being like, you guys haven't seen it? Let me just... Tell you one thing that happens, and then oh, you gotta yeah. go home right now and watch it. Tap oh, yeah. them out, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still it, hyped it, about this movie. It's such <laughs> a great movie. It is probably one of our most popular episodes that we've ever done so far to date on the channel. Um, it was just a pleasant, pleasant experience watching this movie. Uh, again, Blake and I were not so familiar with the movies that come out of India. We know that there's many different. Um, uh, genres that come out, you know, whether it's you consider it Bollywood, Trollywood, or there's another version of it. Um, Hollywood. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Tamil movies, uh, Hollywood yeah. versus Bollywood. Yes. Yeah. There's a fun so, comment section afterward for sure. Oh, actually yeah, like yeah. a really lovely comment section. I, yeah. I learned. We, we learned so much. Yeah. There's so it, much it love was... around this movie. I always mm -hmm. enjoy seeing that. Everyone yeah. who's seen it, who I've talked to, is and in, in including in our comment section, which is so rare. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, it was, it, it, and it's it, we appreciate it so much too because it's like we had a lot of people explaining the differences between the movie industry in India and uh, some background on some of the actors and the directors. We had so many recommendations of other movies we should check out that I still have to like really really look into. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Again, it was. I think it was one of those movies that really united a lot of people, um, because a lot of uh, people here in the states were not so exposed to films from India, uh, and I think this was the one that really broke this year for a lot of us, um, especially if you're a fan of action um, and adventure and all that. So, again, they did things in this movie that I would not have expected them to do as far as like a lot of the action sequences um the special effects i was so amazed on how well the special effects looked in this movie uh, again being a little spoiled with american special effects you know houses and how we handle cg and all that stuff you know understanding how uh, another country can handle that stuff i mean we've seen movies in the past from other countries where the cg was uh, not so great you know, but this, my God, next I mean, level yeah, stuff. And in, in this country, we've seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Place. For sure. Um, I'm not going to mention Matt Damon's film career at all right now. <laughs> um, even I, I, and also it's weird with the, with special effects where things age so quickly. Yeah. That I, I really, there was someone I was listening to talk about this movie. That was the only thing they were caught up on was just that there was too much CGI and some of it wasn't good enough. And I'm going, if you're going to the movie, just like trying to parse through the technology that they're using, why are you going? Yeah. Maybe, maybe go play computer games or something like that. Yeah. This movie, uh, I don't, I, I don't give a damn. And it, in a way it, it adds to it. It adds mm -hmm. to, this is a fun time. This is not analytical time, but there is also to this movie's credit, a story of independence 
a political story, a love story, a story of brotherhood and fraternity mm -hmm. and the fates of two men that are intertwined yeah. just like they are on the movie poster with the legs and the shoulder going over yeah, the oh, shoulders yeah. and the mm -hmm. just like a rope going over a bridge and a horse and a motorcycle and grabbing onto each other intertwined this this movie is so much more than just dumb simple action movie but like some of the movies we're talking about they're more divisive polarizing and it's like okay it's a good action movie and it's deep and it's a thinker but some people won't get it this is in my mind it's the ultimate the, there's something for everyone and mm -hmm. really can't imagine someone seeing this without a smile on their face definitely yeah most fun i've had uh, especially on a streamer there's people yeah. talking about like if it's coming back in theaters for a time like you have uh, we need to we need to have a, a bro date and go see that oh yeah that happens again i'm so down yeah it's on the short list for original song for Natsu Natsu. Nice. So we might get an Oscars performance and we might get just a little more attention on this movie. That'd be um, great. What, like a year after it originally came out mm -hmm. uh, is around when that'll be. So that my fingers are super crossed for that one. That's what I have my eye on, but all love to the movie RRR. Oh, yeah. So yeah. And then there, there are like stories or rumors going around that there may be a sequel in the works or being talked about. So I could only imagine what, you know, the director could have in store for a follow up to this movie because the bar has been set really, really high. And I could only imagine what uh, what either creative stuff this person can come up with. But if you haven't seen Triple R, I highly, highly, highly recommend you catch up on it right now because it is going to be it's going to be a huge treat yeah you know, again especially if you are into action adventure uh if you're into like yeah a nice little bromance story romance story you know kind of like of uh and i don't want people to take this so seriously like fable folklore type story because in a way it has a lot of those elements in it kind of like fantasy and all that even though the two main characters are um, based off of actual characters uh, who lived in real life and all that. So I, I feel like a lot of people in the comment section were uh, kind of uh, digging at us for calling them like folklore heroes when they're not, you know, so, but we don't mean that like so literally either. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, the only other thing I want to clarify, just because people were so kind to us in the comments before. Yeah. I said Tamil. It's no, it's the Indian Telugu language, uh, Telugu language uh, movie industry, which is why it's Tollywood. Tollywood, And so, yeah, yeah uh, people, uh, the fact that two just underexposed American <laughs> Indians are just like having the best fucking time with this movie. Yeah. And it was, that was one of my favorite parts afterward was talking to you about it, enjoying it together separately mm -hmm. talking about it and then people in the comments being like welcome we're so glad that you enjoyed yep. this uh that that was such a fun time that I, was I, that I really was memories. yeah yeah so again uh i'm not surprised it made either of our lists but it is surprising to see that it's both we both have it at number five so that oh, was yeah. that's great so so that being said let's move to our the number four on our list so for me Mine, number four, you, in case you want to go to my number sure. four, we did with Nope already. So now oh, we're okay. caught up and my one through three, we haven't gotten to. Awesome. Cool. Yet. So my number four would be Tar. Uh, Tar, Kate Blanchett, Nina Haas. Um, this was, again, one of those movies. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect because all I knew that it was 
going to be a story about uh, a conductor, composer, a musician. Um, Kate Blanchett, I can't speak enough about her. I love her as an actress, always have. And whatever she does is usually something very interesting. So going into this and after watching the movie, I was like, oh my God, I this is like the performance of a lifetime. And she really shined all the way through. Um, you had director Todd Field, who hasn't done a movie in God knows how long. And he comes back and finally does a movie like this. It was such a mesmerizing, intriguing, um, you know, very, very... Uh, interesting movie all done you know kind of psychological thriller in in certain ways too but at the end of the day it's really about a story of like a person's rise and fall you know because of their own doing um getting caught up in the you know in some of the mistakes that uh, she's done for herself and kind of suffering through the realization of all that uh, but still having the passion and love for what she does and how she could never let go of that um so Brilliant performances all, all around. And again, th when I saw this movie and afterwards, I knew immediately this was going to be in my top 10 of the year because it was yeah. just that powerful of a movie. So yeah, Tar. Uh, again, I've done an episode talking about it. We've talked about it together um, and we can, we can say enough good things about it. So yeah, that's why that is my number four on the list there. Um, so that's my number three. So I'm going to go four, then three. Nice. Um, nice. But or, or I'll jump up to Tar, then go back to four. But the uh, sorry, yeah. we already did four with Nope. So then yeah. I'll just respond to that with Tar, my number three, um, which I feel like I already know. I think what your number two is going to be. I think is my number one. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I mean, you probably know what my number one is by the time we get there. <laughs> um, the I I adored this movie. I had a great time in the theater. I really like watching Kate Blanchett per perform as women going through shit and she's losing her mind. Uh, it's apparently it's one of my favorite subgenres of, of film. <laughs> then you take this, this like holier than thou main character in this really uptight um, um, classic music industry and watch that character go through I still, I need to, I need to see it again. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm listening to things about, it, especially now that we're at the end of the year time and the awards, you know, prediction time of the year. Um, everyone get ready. Oh, but yeah. this movie in particular is polarizing in how people are reading it. It seems like people are generally loving it. Yeah. There's only a few critics I'm here, like I, that I'm listening to a reading that don't outright love it. But how people interpret it is so all over the place, which sure give it credit. Cause usually if a movie is that open-ended, there are people who are mad about it. This movie does a really good job at doing what it's trying to do. And mm. we spent a lot of time on our episode. We've had some episodes where we're more successfully figuring out what it's about. Yours and I ended, we kind of ended up in the same place. Like we gave each other more information, like, okay, but what about this yeah. piece and that piece? But we didn't necessarily have an explanation for it. And it's the kind of movie I think if I watched it five more times, it would enrich the experience. Mm. And I still would not know how, exactly how I feel about the main character, about some of the side characters, about what mm. the movie is saying about those people even more so. Um, yeah. So this movie impacted me and affected me more than almost any other in, in theaters this year, where I just had a hard time leaving my seat afterward. 
Mm-hmm. And then thank goodness saw it with a friend because we just had to walk home. Like, can we talk about what just happened for the three hours we were sitting um, in the theater? Incredible performance. There's talk of Kate Blanchett being a shoe-in or a number, so, uh, a, at least a runner-up for Oscar. And that feels right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other fun fact, which we didn't talk about last time, because some there's people been doing more research. Yeah, um, that I that I've been reading. The director was a small had a small role in Eyes Wide Shut. Kate Blanchett played in Eyes Wide Shut. Mind blown. They apparently did Wait, not. Wait, she did. Yeah, <laughs> you need to look this up because we don't need to do the full okay. deep dive here. But my mind was fully blown um, listening to that literally earlier today. So the director plays the piano player um, in in Eyes Wide Shut. And it's a small role. And then later on, it starts off doing acting. And then later uh-huh. on, he gets more into directing. But then um, Kate Blanchett only does a voice, my understanding. And again, um, this is something that like, didn't even come out until a few years ago at all. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett did a voice dub for one of the main masked women because they wanted it to be an American accent. And the per- person doing it did a British accent. It was a British performer. So mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman recommends her fellow Aussie, Kate Blanchett, to come in and do an wow. American accent on top of it. So it's like one line, I guess. And wow. had a small run. This is like classic Stanley Kubrick. The movie's not even completed until after his death is, is part of it, right. too. So who even worked with Stanley Kubrick um, on, on that? And apparently Kate Blanchett did not. So... Anyway, um, fascinating. That's that's a fun little little tidbit about um, about Tar and its huh. serious uh, s- uh, film history. Wow! Right? <clears throat> Throw that in. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's well. It's interesting too because uh, Eyes Wide Shut is on Netflix now, so that's been kind of like creeping into my like recommended feed, like feed and all that. So okay. that's a movie I have not seen in a very long time. Um, Oof, watched what? it re- recently. It's a great <laughs> holiday movie, by the way. I don't know why that's not in your holiday. Movie. True, one hundred percent. You're right. It is a, a holiday Listen. movie. So uh-huh. again, I think next year we need to do one of our alternative holiday movie watch-alongs or list the advent whatever calendar yeah <laughs> yeah 12 oh, days yeah. of not holiday, of, holiday movies. Yeah, oh, yeah of your non-conventional holiday movies <laughs> um but that's great no yeah tar is fantastic i i i feel like this is one of those movies that's going to end up being in the criterion collection yeah in a couple years uh if it's maybe if it, release, like seriously, could be, yeah, it could be. And if it is, I'm getting it immediately because it's just one of those movies that I'd, I'd love to own for sure. Um, cool. So, is, okay, so Tar was your yep. number three. Yep. Perfect. All right. So my number three. Um. Again, wh- there was one movie that I strongly felt was one of the most heartwarming movies of the year. And if you wanted a good pick me up and something to make you feel all gushy inside, that would have been Marcel the Shell with Marcel shoes the on. Shell, no way! That's your oh, yeah. three. Holy shit! That's my number three. Oh, oh my yeah. god, I could okay. not stop gushing over this movie after I saw it. It was. It just gave you all the right feels. Um, and again, it's it's. 
unusual coming from a character, and I've said this before, coming from a character that looks like this. It doesn't look appealing to a lot of people, but the minute you hear him talk and the minute you hear his little so uh, innocent takes on life and his point of view of, of everyday life and, and his theories and, and the way he goes about things, it's so endearing and so cute. And it just reminds you again as to the simple ways of thinking about things and not having to think so think so deeply about all the, the worries and concerns of the world. Um, it, it just touched me so much. And again, it's it's a perfect movie for the entire family, which is rare to say about an A24 movie because usually that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely have a movie that that can be done with, and that is Marcel the Shell. And yeah, oh, yeah, I just I just love this movie. I know you liked it too, but you it didn't wasn't like one of those movies that you in, like. Obviously, didn't get hit like I did, right? It was on my honorable mentions list for sure. I've yeah. heard a few critics who put it in the same category as you do, like the same level mm. at their end of the year mm-hmm. rankings. I went into it with different expectations, and I think that's the main problem. Yeah. I loved the little YouTube shorts so much. I knew that it would be difficult to pull off turning those into a, li- a full-length movie. Mm-hmm. There was a big break between them. Um, but then people were saying, holy shit, they pulled it off and it's amazing. And so then my yeah. my expectations were that I would love it. Kind of like the amount of enjoyment per minute of the YouTube, like the three-minute vi- video that was the original where it's from. Mm-hmm. And then... It wasn't quite that. It was more of a full movie. And then they had the human added to it, which I didn't enjoy as much. Um, And then there was a family member. So they just kind of like took the Marcel uh, universe and cinematic universe and then expanded it in a way that I didn't fully go along with because I was so, I'd seen the old ones. It was one of those things that maybe 40 times, like just a big favorite, showed it to people. Sending it, sharing it on Facebook, but back then. Um, so, but overall, did I love it? Yes. And is it the kind of movie that, like, I might get for my nephews as a Christmas present? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and recommend fully to anyone, especially if you're looking for a family movie. But even if you're not, yeah, it's it's on that Pixar level of heartwarming and sweet, yeah, and clean and lovely overall. Plus, I absolutely love the creators of it, uh, Isabella Rossellini, the the director, and then also big shout out Jenny Slate, one of my favorite humans, um, mm-hmm. uh, comedians, and then doing the voice of Marcel, just expert expert voice work there. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think one of the things that I benefited uh, more out of the movie was that I was not familiar with the YouTube shorts. You know, I think I remember when we talked about it. Um, you were surprised that I didn't know about the YouTube shorts because they were such a big thing back then. I, yeah. I, somehow it just never flew on my radar. So it's kind I, of part I, of the movie is Marcel yeah. becoming famous, which is interesting, which right. is another one of those where it kind of lost me a little bit, where it's a little mm. too meta or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you didn't know about it, then it wouldn't have like, you know, I don't know. That's in- that's interesting. I can definitely yeah. see that having being part of it for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it, again, it, it's a great movie and and definitely one of the most heart like warming and touching movies of the year, in my opinion, for sure. So, I don't so are we in your three spot? <laughs> you, you probably know what my number one and two are. I you know my number one is your number two. I don't even know what yours are, but we know each other. <laughs> well, I mean, my we number talked... two is the one that I told you it would be recently after I saw, it, and I said this is probably my number two. 
Yeah, we, we I think we talked enough throughout the year that we kind of know what our top two movies are. Yeah. I think I think the order may be questionable given the uh the certain day or time of the week or whatever sure. the case is. Um sure. but my number two. You're about was, to do my number one. I don't like that. I, yeah, my yeah, my number one my number two was my number one earlier this year. And it oh, dropped shit. to number two. And that is everything, oh, okay. everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Damn it! Damn it! I really thought you were about to say because I thought. You were to <laughs> no, 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 no. I, uh, I know what you. I know what you were thinking. Yeah, but okay. everything, everywhere, all at once was my number one movie of the year for most of the year because of how special of a movie that was, how well done of a job the directing, the storytelling, the performances. You, again, Michelle Yeoh. If we're talking about. Kate Blanchett being a, a forerunner, you have to consider Michelle Yao to be just nipping at her heels like a little bit yeah. because I think it goes it, it's between those two right now. Not only that, but um, you have I believe is it Stephanie Shu? The I I, I want to make yeah, sure I so. give proper. <laughs> Um, HSU is the spelling of the last name. Yeah, so yeah, Sue. Yeah, so Stephanie Sue was such a huge breakout in that movie as well. Um, I know she has been around for a little bit, but uh, I think she has some other stuff coming soon that I'm very much looking forward to seeing what else she can do because uh, playing the daughter role again, brilliant, brilliant performance. Uh, Ki Hyu Kwan, who pretty much gave up acting since a kid you know ever since he was he appeared in goonies and indiana jones just left the hollywood altogether and came back and it's as if he'd never left i mean it was just a phenomenal performance for someone who just hasn't acted in a very long time the action the emotional scenes the dialogue um it's just such such a well done movie and again for anyone who grew up you know with immigrant parents uh, first generation, second generation, whatever the case is, um, you can totally relate to a lot of the themes in this movie. Um, just, we had a fun time talking about this movie when we had a chance to see it. Yeah. We were very fortunate enough to see it very early before a lot of other people. And I think it is one of our first videos that actually blew up uh, once we started doing this this podcast of ours. But we're happy. We're so happy it did because it allowed us to have good conversations with so many other like-minded people who enjoyed this movie as well. Um, such a fun movie and such a fun time. And like I said, depending on the the week, depending on the month, this could easily be my number one for sure. It's just one other movie just snuck in there because of so many other reasons. Um, but I don't blame anyone for having this as their number one. Uh, okay. I hope I hope you don't blame me for having I it do. as my number two. <laughs> I do. I do. No, I, I think you already know this is my number one. Then I'll then I'll get to my yeah. number two. Yeah. This was uh, again. This was a. I think I saw this one five times in theater. It, um, it was one of those like leaving the theater, just texting everyone in my phone who likes movies or enjoying themselves. Um, yeah. It was an enriching movie to where the quality of my life is better from having yeah. seen it. And the amount of people who did that or they took their family to go see it or their parent, their sibling, mm -hmm. or like, this is a special movie, let's go. 
And this is one of those, in the year 2022, there have not been too many indie movies that are successful in the box yeah. office. And there's a reason why this one breaks that mold in a year mm-hmm. where it's tough to make money at the movies. It's because it was so damn special. People said, you need to see this. And the word of mouth on this one was so damn strong. So yeah, really fun talking to you about it. I think it's another one of those where we were in our sweet spot or like just mm-hmm. starting to like figure out what, what we were doing and, that was a really yeah. fun one to have at that exact moment of of what you and I are doing. And it's just just like what we do here, but everyone did, I'm sure, is talk to their friends after we're going, did you see that movie? Like, yeah. literally, I had friends, especially once they knew I'd seen it and how hyped I was. Even if I didn't recommend it to them, like a month later, someone's going, calling me, which rare to get a phone call these days going, Hey, I just got out of this movie. I know you saw it. Can you can we talk about this? Oh my gosh, this this was this part and that part this performance there's the 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 talk for um multiple acting nominations yeah um it to me it could get basically every category that it could that it could qualify for um but the one where um and sorry the supporting actor's name who the kehyun kwan yes thank you getting an awesome like possibly getting an oscar oh my god that would be phenomenal Oh, that yeah. is all I can like. There's a couple other names up there that are like fun ones that I could see the Academy going for, but that one takes the cake for me. Of yeah. What that speech would be like, what that moment would mean, that person, what m- this movie means to multiple communities of people, yeah. like to, to people in general, and specifically, um, like that would be really special. Any kind of it's not really a redemption arc for him, but it'd be more like him redeeming Hollywood, if you will, or like yes. yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that having a nice moment in the, in a, in a difficult history, that would be really lovely um, in the year 2023. Uh, but either, no, no matter what this movie made its mark, it is a very special, unique, one of a kind film that had an impact on a lot of people. And that's been so fun to watch. Oh yeah, for sure. And and again, it should be noted that uh, you and I were such lovers of A twenty four. This is A twenty four's most successful movie uh, to date. You know when this movie came out. Um, again, wow. I don't think they were expecting it to blow up as much as it did, but it shows you just how much it affected so many people. Um, the messaging, the the relatability of the family. Um, even now, I'm looking at you know, the, the ratings for this movie, it still, to this day, has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, has an 81% on Metacritic, 8.1 on IMDb. And you know IMDb, it's so easy to get your, your ratings and scores lowered by so many haters out there and all that. But it is definitely one of those movies that I think still, even to this day, if you watch it for the third time, first time, whatever the case, it's going to have an impact on you for sure. Um, and I could only imagine also the amount of stuff that they did for such a little budget. Because again, <clears throat> A24 is not known for huge budget movies, right? Uh, right. And it's it's amazing how much they were able to do with so little. Um, it's just all about the storytelling and the journey throughout it all. And it was just so, so, it was such a fun experience. And again, it's it was so much fun talking to you about it, for sure, when we saw this movie. And yeah. Again, not surprised that it's on the top of our list. Whether it's one or two, you know, it is what it is. But 
What is your number two there, though, Blake? So, yeah, to, to finish my list off then, uh, we talked about it recently. Yeah. White Noise. Absolutely uh-huh. loved it. Tar was in the yep. two spot forever. Um, nope was there before Tar. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie White Noise. I'm really curious how it goes down with audiences. It's But when we release this, it'll be coming out that same day, correct? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, or the next day. Uh, but anyway, this upcoming weekend, the last weekend of 2022... It's hit Netflix, and I'm excited to see how that goes because this could be one of those that's just in and out of the consciousness. This could be one that is getting a lot of awards talk and nominations, etc. Mm-hmm. I believe in this movie. If the very least, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone goes, yeah, that was pretty good. I see why you liked it, Blake. Uh, <laughs> and it's definitely one of those that speaks so directly to me. Yeah. Very literary fun acting highly cinematic which is i think why it goes it gets put over the top other than some movies which is similar to nope where it's just it was a spectacle of a movie to me Mm. um and i am a sucker for people stuck in a car together or in a around a dinner table yeah so to me that doesn't discredit it on that category but there's you take a noah bombach one of my favorite indie directors and then you add the toxic airborne event and this family going through so many different crises together and these crises mm-hmm. of faith and uh, existentialism, um, infidelity, uh, death, famine, disease, all that, like it, it, all of that, but also in a very simply told in the cutesy idiosyncratic hipster ass movie. And anytime people are talking in that way, in that highly literary way, it gets my attention mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the Aaron sorcification of things. We're just like, <laughs> why are these people who shouldn't be this smart speaking so eloquently, just like the writer of this script? Um, right. That that doesn't bother me at all. I know it's not going to be for everybody, everybody. I'm hoping that the hipster and the film-loving uh, crowd and the letterboxed crowd and film Twitter, that all these groups will enjoy it the same way that Marriage mm-hmm. Story had some pretty long legs and at least... Right the memes all will be indelible for marriage story, no matter what um, it might outlast the um, some of the other chatter around the movie. But to me, white noise was a very special one of a kind movie. And in a world where we get a lot of similar blockbuster type movies that are following formulas and a lot of similar mm-hmm. Oscar bait type movies. One movie that didn't make my list at all is empire of light, the Sam Mendes movie. And it's partially because I'm just so bored by movies that like are very well done, very well crafted, well acted, fine script, but just nothing, nothing interesting is happening. They're not doing anything with the the form of film that I haven't mm-hmm. seen before. This one at least stands out from the crowd and to me was very successful. So that's why it's my number two, just behind everything everywhere. Interesting. And yeah, again, I'm not surprised that this movie baited to your top of the list um especially since i noticed you didn't mention it in your honorable mentions and and again knowing how much you loved it when we talked about it in our episode i was like oh this is probably his top movie um again but uh, again not surprising because and i know we talked about this before this is a very you movie you know and and i knew that as i watched it and as as you know as you know, as the credits were rolling, as they're doing their musical number, you know, choreographed dancing <laughs> with L- LCD sound system and all that, I'm like, this is a Blake movie 
from beginning to end. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it was unfortunate you couldn't see see it with me because, again, I did have an extra ticket. It's just yeah, you couldn't make you it. But me. Yeah, it, it's okay. I, I, I like I to just throw that out there. Yeah, yeah because... <laughs> well, I had a ticket to come with me to Morocco, but unfortunately you weren't able to make it. You were right, white right. Let's see, white noise Morocco, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> priorities. But, uh, but yeah, no, I enjoyed the movie too, but I guess it just didn't have that same effect on me uh as it did you uh it, really, it's no on your list ballpark like i'm not holding you to it but it's like <clears> top 15 20 30 is it even honorable mention um, i i would say you know like before i mentioned that if we had a top 20 list how those other movies would have made my top 20 this movie if we were doing a top 30 i think it would have definitely made like a top third 30. tier just under yeah. those kind of yeah, but everyone check on your um your film hipster friends this weekend and make sure that mm-hmm. they're uh, doing okay, that they're staying, that they're oh, drinking yeah. water, and that they uh, are watching White Noise because that's going to be dropping soon. That's when I'm going to get to see it a second time. But I told you in our episode, uh, which was a fun one, where we get to actually talk mm-hmm. about it, and another one where we get to do the what was this about and why did we why yeah. why did we enjoy it? What worked? Um, this was a definitely fun one to break down. The I told you right then that I this is my number two of the year and it mm-hmm. still is so I I feel comfortable about that I think Tar it makes sense for it to be the more acclaimed movie of the sure. two we'll see how that goes and how people respond to this one but no matter what this one hit me exactly in that number two spot it was just perfect and nothing has nice. supplanted everything everywhere since I saw it <clears throat> so that's my yeah. that's my full top ten list. Nice. No, it's a it's a great list. And again, there's so many surprises. No, actually, there's many non surprises on the list. It's stuff that I kind of expected. And and given the fact that we talk throughout the year about all the movies, every we single watch, one of these, yeah, yeah, Except it's amazing. Your number one is Morbius, and we haven't talked. We didn't get to do an episode on that one. More, no, more we years. we ha- we didn't. Jared Leto. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's funny because it made my worst list and my top ten and list. number one. Right. That's, yeah. You know, that was the like M Night Shyamalan. That's the twist of the episode, everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but but in all honesty, we didn't talk about this movie because I believe I think you may have been traveling at that time. But uh, I did do a review of this movie when it came out and. It's a movie that when we did, my number one movie is a movie that you couldn't believe was my most anticipated movie of the year. And that was Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick is my number one movie of 2022 because of so many other reasons that was not mentioned about everything everywhere all at once. Because Top Gun was just one of those movies I remember watching in the 80s. I saw it in the theater with my mom and a friend of ours. It was, a, And I didn't even realize it was a, a test screening because I had to fill out a survey at the end of the movie as they were like screening audiences for their opinion and all that. But it was your typical 80s romp right it's action it's tom cruise you had a little romance in there and it it was just like a like you had a great soundtrack so it just had everything all at once the fact that it took them over 30 years to come out with a sequel the fact that you knew tom cruise was being so dedicated and loyal to this ip the fact that we know tom cruise to be nutty 
And he actually was in a jet plane for a lot of the action scenes in this movie. And he was filmed on camera during all those scenes. It was just mind-blowing. Not surprising, but it just put a lot more to this franchise. The, the fact that we actually got a story, more of a full-fleshed-out story than the original, it just... Better. <clears throat> better. Yeah. It just led to a really exciting, entertaining time at the movie theater where I saw it three times at the theater, maybe like a month apart from each other. And each time you had people in the audience clapping, hooting, hollering, you know, standing ovation when the movie was over. I mean, people love this movie and all generations, younger generation, our generation, older generation they all fell in love with this movie and the acting was great the the additions of the new characters was fantastic i'm so curious if we're going to get more insights on who these new younger characters are and if we're going to see more of them miles teller playing the son of goose not a spoiler that's something that's already been revealed in the trailer and all that stuff i love that chemistry and dynamic he had with with maverick there it was just it was like you know how sometimes you say something could be like lightning in a bottle? This was definitely one of those lightning in a bottle moments. And the fact that we actually got two of those this year with everything everywhere all at once and Top Gun Maverick, which I think a lot of people weren't expecting it to be as good as it was. Especially you mean like, like me? You mean right. me <laughs> specifically? Yeah. Yourself. Well, because again, it's, it's like, you know, there's a, a curse in Hollywood about sequels and especially sequels that come out more than two decades than the right. previous one. Those tend to not usually do that well, right? Yes. The fact that this really superseded the original movie, that this could be maybe, like if people were to say, oh, which Top Gun did you like better, the first one or the second one? I won't be surprised if a lot of people say, oh, I enjoyed the second one more than the original, oh, right? It is better. It is a better yeah. movie for sure. Which, yeah. The first one is so low that it doesn't mean a whole <laughs> lot, and that's why it's not on my top 10 list. Because people were so surprised. And maybe you're just doing a victory lap after I was questioning how successful this movie would be. No. Perhaps, Why uh, would I do that? We predictions. No, I, it, was a, it, was, it, was a, it was a damn fun time. What, yeah. You're saying the lightning in the bottle was that in everything everywhere? Yeah, because again, I don't think a lot of people, knew, one, knew of that movie. Two... Right expecting that movie to be as popular as it became right. and successful and lead to talk about all of the performances and acclaims that this movie could possibly be getting come Oscar season, right? It's rare for a movie to blow up all like that, especially during a period where people going to movies is not a big thing still. You know, it's yeah. the, the industry is suffering big time. This yeah. movie, Top Gun Maverick, was meant to be a theater spectacle. Like this, this is a movie that if you didn't go to the theater to see it, you may have missed out on something because this was like an event movie, you know, just like how we used to talk about before about Jurassic Park when that first came out. That was an event movie, the first Avatar movie. And now the new Avatar movie. These are event movies. You know, yeah, a lot of people will say like Marvel movies, DC movies, those could be event movies. But we get so many of those nowadays that it's starting. To, we're starting to see like the little uh downtrend of people eagerly going to the theater to go watch a movie like from Marvel or whatever the case is. This was a full-fledged event movie. And right. we saw it. 
it did huge numbers at the box office, right? I think it was one of the few that actually went over a billion dollars this year. Um, and I think, and it just came out on Paramount Plus. And I've heard a report that it is like probably one of the best streaming movies on that platform, which is not saying a lot because it is Paramount Plus. They don't have a lot of stuff on there. But I'm curious if they were to compare it to some of the movies on Netflix, Amazon, Disney, all that stuff, how that would rank all together. But people are still dying to watch this movie, you know, after what, six months after it came out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely one of those great movies. And yeah, I after watching it three times, I still felt the same way I felt when I first saw it. So um, I don't know about consideration for Oscars, what the buzz it's getting right now. You know, maybe, you know, cinematography, maybe, you know, special effects, who knows, stunts, I don't know. Uh, maybe is Lady Gaga getting to get nominated for her little song that she did in this in the soundtrack for this? <laughs> Wait, actually, that's that's a good question because they did this short list. Hold my hand from Top Gun Maverick. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's on the short list for. for it Oscar is on the short albums. list. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I, it'll be again. If even if you don't hear anything about it at the Oscars, I won't be surprised. It still doesn't disqualify it for being one of my favorite movies of the year. So. So yeah, that's that's my number one favorite of 2022 right there. What a year. What a oh, year. So yeah, so again, we went through a lot just now. Would love to hear if any of your favorites made our list. Um, do you, you know, are there any, is there anything that maybe we have missed and maybe we should have included? I, we would love to see what your top 10, top five, whatever you want to share with us is. Let us know in the comments. Um, do you disagree with maybe the ordering? I'm very curious. Is Does a movie that we've had lower in the list rank much higher for you? Are you surprised that someone like me has Top Gun over everything, everywhere, all at once? That could be very much and so. And decision to leave uh, on your worst of the year list. Yeah. <laughs> there's, so, there, there's a lot of I'm stuff so to talk about. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, Come at us, come at me. I'm 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 very curious to hear all your thoughts and opinions and feedback on everything. We love the discussions that we always have. Again, it's been quite a year. We love doing all this stuff. And as we move into 2023, I'm sure there's a bunch of movies that we're dying to talk about. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. But before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one, there are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. It also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you but for me some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach makes me a little burpy and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto friendly snacks and supplements anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs add to your diet pretty much transforms the way you feel every day so for a limited time if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now low-key geek 
all caps one word you can get 15% off your order so what is it better than that right check out the link in the description of this episode use this code get yourself your discount and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with bulletproof coffee now back to the episode and I think we should close out this episode by discussing some of those that we are eagerly anticipating for 2023. So, Blake, I'll throw it to you. What are some of the things that uh, you're looking forward to next year? Oh, yeah. Renee, movie season does not end. Yeah. Uh, we are just a couple of days away from New Year as we record this. And we are going to just keep doing this because I oh, yeah. love the movies. I love talking to you. I love doing this with you. Um, thank you for sharing your absolutely objectively incorrect top 10 list with me. Ah, ah. Um, but that this is fun. So 2023, I went through a list of what's supposed to come out um, earlier mm-hmm. this year. Uh, we did our second half of 2022 predictions and Killers of the Flower Moon was there. Killers of the Flower Moon is a movie I've been looking forward to for such a long time. We don't have an official release date for it anymore. It just kind of keeps getting put on and pulled and yanked around. So that's the new Martin Scorsese, Jesse Plemons, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. movie. Um, it will be at least partially set in my home state of Oklahoma. I'm very excited for that. It could be just a, a, a historically uh, great movie. Why uh, do you think this movie is getting pushed around so much? I honestly don't know. There's some question around. I, I, there's some question around, like, do you put it in right before awards season or right after? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the only question for this one. Mm. I believe that this one was delayed from COVID stuff. And I also think if you're Martin Scorsese, how many more great big movies do you have left in you? You might want to take your time with it and just make sure everything's exactly right. And then the studio might want to make sure it's exactly right for when we release it on the calendar. Mm. Um, And there's certain times where they'll just not want to, especially with the box office this last year, yeah. I wouldn't even be shocked if they're just being conservative with you want to give it as much time as possible. Um, but if you notice, like when Avatar 2 came out, there were no other movies released at that point. Yeah. Except, mm-hmm. yeah, it's movies that they were trying to kind of like hide under the, the yeah, Avatar yeah, box yeah. office numbers. That kind of thing happened. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of politicking or, or gamesmanship going on there. I don't know. Or maybe it's not fully done yet. But either mm-hmm. way, it's one of those I trust Martin Scorsese to put out the best possible product and can't wait for this one. Hopefully I'm not overhyping it, but either way, um, those I, 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 we've, I've waited long enough to see this one. I'm excited to sure. see it regardless. Um, the interesting. The, uh, yeah. Before yeah, the, the, another, just to close that out, the, another interesting thing about this movie too, you know, Scorsese did the Irishman for Netflix. I believe this movie is an Apple movie. Right. So it's interesting how it's jumping platforms and, and alliances there. I wonder if that has anything to do with it as well, or maybe agreeing with Apple as to when to properly release it or something like that. Yeah. Um, is there, they're saying that it's awards stuff is like the, mm-hmm. the main reason. But regardless, um, yeah, that the Apple of it all is, is interesting. I really yeah. hope we get plenty of a war of theater run for this movie, which sure. my understanding is it'll be Other, but that was part of the deal Scorsese struck. But yeah. um, right now things are kind of up in the air. So that's the main one that I've been looking forward to. The other main ones, Oppenheimer, new Nolan. Can't tell you how excited I am about that oh, one yeah. um, mm-hmm. as a, as a side fan of nuclear history. Uh, that one should be crazy. 
Um, I'm hoping it's if it even gets close to the level of Dunkirk. I'm hyped for that. Dune Part Two. Hell yeah! Uh, I'm just gonna go through and re- read the rest of these. Yeah. But feel free to harp on any of them if you want. Dune Part Two. Wonka. Chalamet is Wonka. Barbie. Mm. Greta Gerwig. Uh, doing bar- directing a Barbie movie. Asteroid City. Wes Anderson movie. The new um, Spider Verse movie. Yeah, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's the that is the official name, nerd. Um, <laughs> three with Jonathan Majors, hyped for that. Uh, John Wick four. John Wick three was a disappointment for me. I'm curious how much um, if it if it goes back to what I loved about the old ones. We'll see. Mm. Um, but I that franchise is so beloved by everybody. Yeah. Um, the other two main ones are Disappointment Boulevard, um, Mission Impossible. With uh, it's a it's a it's weird. It's a Tom Cruise airplane movie. I think people like those two things. Oh yeah, that um, might be successful. Maestro. Uh, there's a couple more on here. Maestro, the Bradley Cooper, Leonard Bernstein biopic. I think that's made for me. I think that might be my favorite movie of all time when it comes out. Um, mm-hmm. I might like rent the Bernstein uh, biography from the library and not read it afterward. I'll just be so geeked off that movie. We'll see. Um, other ones that I'm curious about, but not sure what to expect and kind of worried about uh, are Napoleon, Super Mario, Little Mermaid, Fast 10 or Fast X. Uh, the Flash movie is supposed to come out. And mm-hmm. um, there's also doing a, a Hunger Games side movie. The prequel. So, yeah. yeah, I'm really curious about some of those, but there are some that I'm just properly uh, hyped for. So we'll see. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Talk about for sure. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. 2023 is not going to be lack of stuff to talk about because it looks like there's a ton of stuff coming out. Um, I, I, I am looking forward to a lot of those movies you mentioned. Um, some of the movies that you didn't mention that I am personally looking forward to, especially earlier in the year, is Cocaine Bear. I have a feeling yeah. Cocaine Bear oh, is no. going to surprise <laughs> a lot of people. I have a huge feeling. Um, especially it's since it is based off of a true story. This might be one of those movies where they just uh, stretch and bend the truth a little bit, um, okay. which I love, which I love movies like that, you know, when they kind of do a little absurdity to it. Uh, so that could be a surprise hit for sure. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. This officially starts the new phase of Marvel. Um, so I'm really curious now that we're done with phase four and all the stuff that we got, this is supposedly moving into now the next event uh, that we that they're planning to do. So, Quantum Mania, I heard, is supposed yes. to be a huge uh, start into it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry to to interrupt, but the yeah, I, that was the ones I meant to mention was Guardians, Ant Man, and then what's the Marvel sequel? The, uh, isn't there a, it's a, called the Marvels. Yeah, the Marvels. Marvels, and is that yeah. Is that a Disney Plus show or is that that's a movie, right? No, those are those, all three of those okay. are movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's hard to keep my ducks in a row with with all the MCU moving parts. But yeah. we've had this ongoing conversation of what's in the future of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Is it getting worse? It seems the quality has clearly been getting worse film to film, and the reviews are getting worse film to film, with a couple exceptions thrown in. Yeah. This will be the year, in my opinion, especially when you're laying out Quantum Mania like that. Yeah. This might be the year where we say the biggest tentpole of the last 15 years at that point. The bottom is falling out. Holy shit, everyone. 
just sell all your stock that's been in movie theaters. Tom Cruise can only make so many movies, you guys. Yeah. James Cameron mm-hmm. is waiting 13 years between projects. Uh, they're no longer rolling out three, four, and five of Avatar the way they were. So, like, we're going to have a rough, we're going to all have to tighten our belts quite a bit at the, with, the, yeah. with our film loads. That would be tragic, but also, I'm currently predicting that, and I really hope it doesn't come true. And I don't necessarily even think it will. It's just been trending so poorly. And if this is the like the moment of truth, this is where it's been mm-hmm. going. And now we're going to, to lay out the pieces that will get you excited for the next couple phases. This could get this could be the most interesting year that we've had in cinema in a while because the ongoing yeah. our superhero movies film and do they deserve to get awards and the, they make so much money. They're taking our actors and like just whatever that conversation has been and it being so much of the oxygen talking about movies and Mm -hmm. at the same time them being the ongoing saviors not only of the universe but of our movie theaters yeah this could be things could get really dicey or interesting in the next year so i've got my eye on you marvel please save the day just just like you would want to yeah no for sure I, i think i believe i read an article that says and i think they 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 interviewed like the head of amc um, you know, people, other people like of like uh, Cinemark and and Regal and all that, and they're expecting that obviously this year was not great for movies, not like previous years. Definitely a lot better than maybe last year, but nowhere near where are we in like pre pandemic numbers and all that. They they're expecting moving into twenty twenty three. And possibly 2024 could also still be operating at losses across the board. They're expecting that things will probably more than likely turn around come 2025. That's kind of what their expectations are. Now, if studios like Disney and Warner Brothers and and all that can put out promising hits, then maybe they don't have to worry about such a long-term loss waiting until 2025 hopefully they could kind of compensate along the way for some some of the major releases so yeah marvel with their ant-man quantumania guardians of the galaxy which it was is kind of uh promised to be a very emotional movie uh Mm. i have a feeling we're gonna be seeing some deaths in there that maybe we're not expecting um marvels is gonna be teaming up with some people that we haven't seen on screen for a while together so this could definitely be, you know, phase four was like a transition. Now we could be into the start of something huge, right, moving forward. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how these movies, you know, perform and how they really gel with audiences. Um, so that's why I think I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. Like you, also, I'm very interested to see how the Super Mario Brothers movie is going to perform because I think a lot of people have been dying for a Mario movie, you know, that's non-live action and doesn't star John Leguizamo. Um, so <laughs> I think, I think this time around, we're going to get a proper movie, even though, you know, Chris Pratt's a, a version of Mario's voice may still be questionable for a lot of people. I know there's a lot of debate behind it, but there's also a lot of people who are defending it. So we, we shall see what happens. Um, the Little Mermaid will be interesting to see because, again, oh, go ahead. 
They could promise with me right now that we dress up as uh, Mario and Luigi or Mario and Wario, whatever. And, and or I would really be interested in play, placing a bet on how well that movie does. And if we lose, that's what we have to. Something like that. Let's, oh, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, cosplay low-key geek situation. Can't Let, let's, yeah, we should we should definitely have some like stakes like that. Uh, like oh, yeah. we should do it like a month before the movie comes out and kind oh, yeah. of like do it on video or on, on the air, whatever the case is. And we'll we'll put it out there because that, that would be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Okay, for sure. we have to do the whole episode in the in the full costume, also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of us will be like an, an idiot. Oh hell yeah! Fun. Oh, that'll okay. be great. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, you know, a lot of people with the controversy of you know the selection of actress and all that. I think she's gonna be phenomenal. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that movie. But oh, and the Flash. I'm so looking forward to the Flash because of all the drama happening with DC and Warner Brothers right now, how they are slowly getting rid of the old guard, you know, Cavill no longer being Superman, Aquaman questionable, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman questionable. Um, they already cut scenes of that was filmed of um, uh, Cavill and Ben Affleck from the upcoming Shazam movie. And it sounds like they may be cutting some of the scenes out from the Flash movie. So how this movie is going to play along the spectrum of the DC universe, I don't know. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. Plus, obviously, all the controversy behind uh, Ezra Miller and how he's been conveniently very quiet in the news lately. Because I'm pretty (laughs) sure... The word is tranquilized. Yeah, tranquil. I'm pretty sure the studio yeah. is just like, you know, just stay in yeah. that room. Go, we'll throw you some food later, buddy. Exactly. Don't, yeah, don't like fuck up this movie right yeah. before it comes out. Just yeah, let no. us get through this this challenging time and let us release this movie and then do whatever the hell you want. Um, because I'm pretty sure he's not going to be reprising that role after this movie comes out for sure. Um, but like you, I'm also look. I mean, you can't ignore a Nolan movie when it comes out. You know, this guy, he's all about the cinematic experience. What I've been seeing of Oppenheimer so far from the trailers we've gotten, it looks like it's going to be one of those like really phenomenal type of movies. Plus the fact that they're using practical effects for the explosion for the nuclear test that they're doing and not using CG. I'm like, (laughs) is this guy going to the desert of like Arizona and blowing up real nuclear warheads at a distance? (laughs) When are Tom Cruise and Christopher Nolan going to work together where like yes. Tom Cruise has to outrun an actual nuclear missile? Yes, please. And Tom Cruise death wish will finally come true. Oh my goodness. That would be epic. That would be like the best thing ever. But like, I, like I've done before, I am going to predict there are two movies, two movies that are going to be my, the most anticipated movies that are going to possibly surprise a lot of people this year. Last time I did it, I said it was Top Gun Maverick, and I was right, because I like reminding you about that all the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. This year, there are two that I think are going to do the same thing. One is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. No. Calling it right now. Put it on the record. When it does well, play this clip of me saying, absolutely not. I hope it does. There's no way. Dude, okay. I love this franchise. I was so disappointed with, obviously, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was a piece of shit. Uh, Indiana Jones fans, we tend to ignore that movie as a whole. It doesn't exist. 
This movie could bring things back to where it's supposed to be. You have Spielberg, who's not directing it this time, which could be a blessing. And you know, the fact that you have James Mangold helming it, you know, the guy, oh. same guy who's done Logan, and we all know yeah. how well that movie did. Um, this could really or turn the franchise around. Or, yeah. Return to Yuma, Walk the Line. Yeah. Wow. Oh, also yeah. Wolverine. Uh, but no, seriously. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm. Maybe I should be less skeptical. Interesting. It could. It, it could. It could turn this whole franchise around. But at the same time, it could not. But I am putting my money down, saying that this is going to be one of those movies that's going to surprise a lot of people and could be the runaway hit of the year. Um, and I'm sure this is definitely going to be the last of Harrison Ford's version of Indiana Jones uh, because he is getting old. Uh, but they're doing a lot of de uh, de aging in this movie too, um, and from what you've seen in the trailer, it looks actually pretty good. So the rumor is they're going to be doing time travel maybe in this movie. That's why we're flashing back and forth between the past and the present. Who oh, knows? Wow. Uh, or this is a movie about soap because Dial is a very popular form of soap, and it could just be the soap of destiny. That's so stupid. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I, I, I just wanted to put that in your head. God damn it. <laughs> no, my number two most anticipated movie. Look, she's having a rough year this year. Between Amsterdam and Babylon, Margot Robbie is getting a lot of heat this year. I, I'm calling it right now. When Barbie comes out, that is going to be a huge surprise hit. That's going to take everyone by surprise. You have Greta Gerwig, who's directing it. We all know she can direct and surprise a lot of Oscar people with her movies. Level Greta yeah. Gerwig. Oscar level. Margo, oh, yeah. Robbie. Ryan fucking Gosling. Simu oh, Liu. cast is more stacked than I realized. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. You, have, uh, leads. Wow. you have so many people in this movie. And it looks like, just based off of the teaser trailer that we got... They're definitely going dark humor on this one, which is a perfect way to go if you were to do a live action Barbie movie, especially in this generation. So I am so looking forward to how this movie is going to turn out. I could be eating my words and say, wow, this movie is a piece of shit. But I don't think so. I think this is going to be one of those surprise hits of the year. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah. So those right. are the two movies right there that I am definitely oh, yeah. calling it as the surprise hits. But as we close out this episode, we were so happy to recap all of this stuff and let you know about all the movies that we enjoyed and hated throughout the year and the movies that we're looking forward to uh, for next year. Let us know which movies that we've mentioned you're looking forward to. Is there something else that we didn't mention that maybe you wanted to include? Let us know. And let us know which movie you are looking forward uh, to hearing us talk about. Because we're definitely going to be talking about a lot of these movies when they come out. And we are so excited to do so. But as we close out this year yes. in review episode, yes. Blake, where can people find you online? Honored doing this work with you today, Renee. I can be found on the website of letterboxd.com with the screen name Blake Wolf. S-S-N, that's B-L-A-K-E-W-O-L-F. 
SSN, where you will see my top 10 movies of the year list on Letterboxd. And uh, also where I gave some of my, where I gave Clerks 3.5 stars and where I gave everything everywhere all at once five stars immediately. So very nice. Very, very nice. I am making, uh, I am making a pledge. And one of my resolutions for 2023 is to be more active on Letterboxd because I think it, it is time for me to do so. It's easier for me to keep track of all the movies that I watch throughout the year instead of me taking the last two days of the week to put together a spreadsheet of everything that I've watched and remembering all the stuff that I watched and all that stuff like that. So definitely you could find me also on Letterboxd under Loki Geek and on all the social media platforms. Uh, you could see the handle right on the screen there, Loki Geek. Most importantly, on YouTube for the Loki Geek channel. Again, if you haven't done so already, it'll take you just a quick couple of seconds. Hit that like, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that notification bell so you can get notified every time a new episode is uploaded. And again, if you are an audio listener, thank you so much for listening. Podcast version of this episode and many others could be found on your podcast platform of choice. Just type in Loki Geek and you could find us there and leave a great rating if it prompts you to. That will really help with growing the channel and growing the community. With that being said, this is, I've been Renee. That's been Blake. This has been our year in review here at Movie Time. Have a happy new year. Let's close out 2022 with a bang and welcome in 2023 with open arms because nothing can get any worse than it is now, right? (laughs) (laughs) But we will enjoy movies regardless. So until next time, stay cool, stay classy, stay sane, stay safe. We'll catch you in the new year. Peace out, everyone.